Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> it's River Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Or kind of, not really. A lot of lasers. <laughs> Night at the Rockford? Kinda. Something tells me the party's still going on at your house. Sure is. It's still going on in my head. Yes. I actually have a dance to this. Let's see it. There is a uh, there is a cardio funk class that roves all over Charlotte. A guy named Lim Houston does the class, and one of the songs is one of the dances is to this song so this morning i was out and about doing this dance <laughs> you want to see it i'm just kidding yes <laughs> it's it's like the tony marino kip up until i see it i'm not going to believe it exists oh wow now now you just took this song and now i'm thinking about tony marino and this song juxtaposed together <laughs> yes sir yes sir I was singing this song full voice. I was telling Bo when I got in that I just had this like whole dance party this morning because I woke up so happy. And my littlest chihuahua, if I start singing full voice, she jumps. But she doesn't jump like on her back legs, just her whole body jumps. <laughs> so it's just like a like a bean or something just popping up off the floor. Like a car with subwoofers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, woofers. Get so it? we had a little dance party in the in the kitchen this morning while I was singing to her. It's like I said, I, I envision like you closing the door with the, all the strobe lights still going in the background. The dogs are still partying at home That's right now. That's exactly what's happening mm -hmm. with them right now. When I wake up, I'm so tired, I kind of lean against a wall for five minutes and then go brush my teeth. <laughs> I don't know how you wake up dancing and dogs are dancing. It's all I could do to stand up. But Jim is right. It's like with this, it's like you probably spring out of bed. Oh, yeah. Move your body. Like Tony. Yeah, I, I, I kipped right out of bed, guys. Or like Tony says. Or kipped up. Yeah, get out of bed without using your hands. But, you know, all core. Well, welcome to Monday, February 27th. We're bouncing in the Tyboid studio. I'll teach you guys the dance in the commercial break if you'd like. Of course, we'd like that. We'll just leave this underneath every segment all morning. That's unsaid. See what happens. Especially Mick Mulvaney. Oh, I think he would really enjoy talking politics to Poppy by Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Well, we have a lot going on. Uh, I'm back after a weekend in West Virginia where it was wild and wonderful and wet. It was a cute little boy's trip. <laughs> it was the cute little boy's trip. Actually, I mean, it was it was a Boy Scout trip. So there were boys and they were younger. But yeah, so they were cute. It literally was they a cute little boy's trip. It was a cute little, little boy's trip. Don't make it weird. Um, yeah. Every <laughs> time she says that, like, well, it was a scout trip, man. Um, he texted me yesterday and he's like, I'm on my way back from my cute little boy's trip. <laughs> Well, I mean, and I said, wait, you know, way to just, just lean into it. Just, yeah, say owning what you assigned it I, is. I, I know that if I say I'm on my way back from my trip, the response is going to be, was it a cute little boy's trip? So I might as well just lean into it. <laughs> but uh, and, and, and none of the boys on the trip would like to be called cute. No, I'm sure they were very manly. Yes, but they were skiing and uh, we skied. And uh, look, I, I it sort of became kind of the laughing joke of the week. We're going snow skiing this weekend. And it was, what, 80 degrees here in Charlotte last Thursday. And I didn't know quite what we were 
we were getting ourselves in, or I knew what we were, but I was sort of dreading what it might be. Is this going to be like the, the slushiest thing I've ever dealt with? And I'll say this. It was not optimal because, you know, with the conditions being what they were, the whole mountain was not open. Same thing happens in North Carolina or, yeah. or, or anywhere this, this time of, or this side of the, of the, uh, of the country. If, if you have ski resorts, they, they live and die by the, by the weather. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's tough. Uh, I think they said that this past weekend in, in, at Winter Place, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's up there and you go straight up 77, three and a half hours, and then you take a right, and there's Winter Place mm-hmm. Ski Resort. And uh, this weekend there was snow, but there was not a lot of snow. But I was telling Beth that it was raining. Not only did you have the, the mild weather last week, it was raining when we got there on Saturday. I mean, like really raining to the point where it was almost just kind of not even – good to be out there and then it finally stopped about midway through the afternoon but remember that time we were talking about going to carowinds and i went to carowinds before a storm blew up uh-huh. and the storm blew up and the sky was all black but it scared so many people away that when the, the the park opened that night when it didn't rain there was nobody there that's the best so saturday night we had basically the whole mountain to ourselves oh that's ourselves fun. Um, Did you go? Those kind of entertainment. Nobody else around. <laughs> Nobody was there to ski alongside him. Did you? So this is the fun question. I kind of skied into that one. So some of the, uh, when the when there's not enough snow, some of the slopes are closed, but there's kind of half snow on them. Did you break the law and, like, go through the thing and then go down the ski slope that you weren't supposed to go down? Because that was fun. Well, no, because where I come from, skiing in mud is not fun. <laughs> you have to get a sled for those moments. Yes. Like, just carry a little sled and mud through it. I mean, you, you, could, you could try that, but you would get stuck and then uh, there'd be nobody to come get you so i've but 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 for a while there on saturday night you know the night skiing thing uh because i organized the trip so there was part of me was like well we're gonna get up there and they're gonna be mad at me because there's no but but they this is what you get i mean you have to you have to book a trip with a group like that ahead of time of course you organized it did you have a did you take your little sound box and did you like have a a soundtrack for all the like here's your put on your ski music did you have their walk-up music to yeah did you have oh did you have intro music for yourself no no they they don't know that side of me oh oh no (laughs) the dark side of (laughs) Bo. did you guys tell ghost stories and have s'mores no because see we this was not sit around the campfire type trip. We uh, they have a, a cabin up there that they have groups that can stay in. So this is probably oh, the, the most uh, the, the, the least roughing scout trip that that we go on. Did you sleep in a bunk bed? Yes, I did. <gasps> were you at the top bunk or the bottom? I was on the bottom. Was your son on the top? Uh, no. You, or were da- was that other dads? There oh were, my God, there were three. They're they're stacked three high. Oh, that now freaks by, me out. By the way, barracks. three high is not the highest that I've ever seen on it. Uh, so one of the most. <laughs> How do you get up there? Well, when you're when you're the adults, you, the adults are all at the bottom, so we have to cl- we don't have to climb up. See, that freaks me out too, because I feel like I'm like something somebody's going to move up top and just like, fall. Now, on me. what would really freak you out? Uh, and and if I have people out there listening that have that have gone through Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts uh, around here, you probably have stayed at some point uh, along the the line on the USS Yorktown. Uh, down in Charleston, Patriots Point. Oh, yeah, yep. sure, Not, sure. I don't mean you, Beth, but I mean if you're listening and you have a scout history, odds are you've taken that trip. And if you do the whole thing and stay on, because you can you can camp, quote, unquote, on the aircraft carrier. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. And when you do that, if you do the whole experience, immersive experience, you go stay in, like, the the, 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 the quarters oh. where, the, where, the, where the sailors stayed, and they have these, they're not even bunks. They're, like, hanging... Um, uh, little cots, mm-hmm. and they're stacked like seven high. <laughs> now you that is that. an experience. I've taken the tour. Of, we've taken the tour oh, of that. I just we did it during the summer. It was like 100 degrees out uh-huh. too. It's like, uh, can we be done now? Uh huh. <laughs>
So I just I've, got claustrophobic. I've done that a couple of times. And, oh, we lost uh, both. Yeah, you would. You would be if you're claustrophobic. You would not like it. But you you brought it, you made me think of it because you're talking about the the bunk stack three high. That's nothing compared to like the Yorktown. <laughs> Are there ladders, or do you just have to like crawl up on people's faces, or you just like there you know, like little yes, you crawl up on their faces. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 rather intrusive. But, you know, it's all part of the experience. It's got because, little tiny kitchens and little tiny... Because the whole point is, bathrooms. this is how the, 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 uh, the, uh, the sailors and soldiers and all that lived if you were on the ship. Mm-hmm. So think about doing that every day versus mm-hmm. one night. So all anyway. While it's moving in mm. the ocean. Well, this thing's docked. It hasn't been moving for well, years. Well, I mean, the sailors yes. had to do it that way. <laughs> well, I didn't intend on going down this road, but... <laughs> This is what we do. This is what happens sometimes. 704-570-1110. I was talking about, well, I was talking about my weekend and Beth's weekend, and then uh, we were mentioning the fact that it was a Boy Scout trip to go ski in West Virginia. slept in bunk beds. And then that led to uh, sleeping in bunk beds, and I said, wait a minute. I said, that's nothing. We uh, slept on the ship uh, on the Yorktown, uh, the, the USS Yorktown uh, aircraft carrier, and I think a lot of people listening, if you if you have gone through scouts or you have uh, kids who did, you've probably done this or you've had the opportunity to do it because it's a very popular destination, uh, this area of the country, for uh, for scout groups and, and other groups. But scouts are, uh, I think if you, if you did the numbers on it, ran the numbers, that's probably the, the most prevalent kind of group that goes. Anyway, Jeff calls, uh, has called, 704-570-1110, and I heard us talking about uh, the Navy and ships and bunking, and what's going on, Jeff? Well, I just did it this weekend with my two youngest kids, uh, and I had an older boy uh, did the, like you were talking about, below uh, the water line. This time we got spoiled. Uh, they had us up at that uh, junior officer's court. Oh. So wait a minute, hang on. You're, you're clipping out really bad on me. So you went to the USS Yorktown this past weekend? Yep. Just got back yesterday. And they they put them in the officers' quarters. So Man, they must be well-behaved kids. Yep. I was telling them about the hammocks, and I was telling them how it was going to be a roughing-it type of situation, and all of a sudden we're in luxury accommodation. <laughs> so wait. So he said it, hammocks. That's what I. That's the word I was trying to think of. They're like hanging hammocks, and they're like six or seven yep. high, and a really, they were really five high. okay five high. So still, I mean, they it's were five high, and you definitely knew who your friends were, and how often they had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, if you're in a hammock, when you're in a hammock, they they start hanging down lower. So don't you end up with somebody's bahuni in your face? Depends, like, depends on who's on, six, on top. Six inches. <laughs> yeah, about six, six inches. inches. Yes. Wow. Now, wait a minute. So, Jeff, you're not telling me that they've stopped uh, offering that option. You just stayed in a different place. There was about four other scout organizations yep. with us this weekend. None of us were below deck. What? Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, it's probably been five, six years since I since I went. Um, but but oh, when I when I Lord. went, it was exactly the same way it was when I was a kid and went. It was probably like 1986 or 87 when I stayed on there. So you you know they, I guess the, what he's saying is they have different areas you can stay in, but they still do the hanging hammock thing. <gasps> and it's like uh, like the bunks that we stayed in this this weekend were wooden and the very stationary. But when you're on those those hanging hammocks, you know wherever you are, if somebody gets up in the middle of the night, the whole the whole group feels it. Oh, I'm freaking out just thinking about somebody six inches above my face while I'm trying to sleep. I mean, what if you, you know, 
sit up and you have a, yeah. a little bit of a nightmare. You conk if into you, somebody's back end. If you pop up with a nightmare, you are <laughs> there, there's there's very little space between you and the next. Uh, and are they like little cloth? Are they cloth hammocks? I feel like you're gonna get wrapped up like in a cocoon. They're just gonna if you move too much, they're gonna wrap you up and it'll. Close I want to say in they're like you. like leather maybe. I mean they're they're, they're oh they're uh, leather. Well, I don't not that not like not like uh, <laughs> the leather you're wanky. thinking of. <laughs> No, it's uh, it, it's I don't know what to say. It is. It's, it's not just cloth. Canvas. Canvas. See, you're 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 giving me all the the words. It's velvet. Today, it's velvet. It's velvet. <laughs> what is this? Canvas is probably what I'm. I love for. that Jeff called and told us that now they stay because yeah, I worked on a cruise ship and I will tell you that we were not in the office. No, wait a minute. Quarters. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is nothing near a cruise ship. Neither was the cruise ship I worked <laughs> okay. on. This is an aircraft carrier. I lived in the which bowels. Which she of the served boat. on the cruise ship. <laughs> she said it. She just now said it like, "Well, I worked on a." Thank cruise you for ship. your service. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Uh, this is this is uh, this is the furthest thing from a cruise ship that I can think of. <laughs> but it is, a, it is. I retract that story. <laughs> But but all that said, I mean the the, the 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 close quarters. That's one thing. But it was my favorite trip as a scout and as a scout it parent. It was the aircraft carrier is a really really cool place. And Patriots Point. I, I hope John Falkenberry is listening right now because he works down there at the, the Medal of Honor Society. Yeah. And uh, the, the office is in the same complex. So he he's always telling us we need to come down and do the show from the the USS Yorktown, which would be a lot of fun. We should stay on it in the bunk beds. You just said it was your nightmare. It is. <laughs> so why are you excited? Because it would be like I get to go on the cute little boys trip with you guys. I'm sure I would get another. <laughs> yes, Kathy Lee Gifford on the USS Yorktown. <laughs> That's essentially what we'll have, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll do a tap dance for you in the morning. Oh, you boy. could be the USO show. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's what it would be like. That's exactly what it would be. If I could be Bob Hope, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Beth Trotman, right here. But but seriously, like he's been he's been offering that to us. So maybe this is the time where we finally say, all right, now now we have this whole tie-in. We think we've been talking about it on the air. Now we have to go do it. You guys can sleep in the bunk beds. I'll go to the officers' quarters. I've got a rental property that, is... that I'll be sleeping at. You oh. guys can... <laughs> I, I kind of want, I kind of want to come downstairs and see you and Bernie and John Moore and Bo just like stacked for little footy pajamas, little footy pajamas with like a bag of popcorn, and just then, talking about. Oh, can you imagine popcorn stuff. dropping that down on four people below you? <laughs> I, I can't then, eat popcorn without spilling it. If you want the whole experience, like you can go through and like if you go up there and, and you go into the where the showers are, there I'll never forget. There's the the shower and it says if you if you want to take a naval shower, you you do like a like a like a thirty second shower. Oh, like because they had so many. So people all you have then. time to wash is your navel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got jokes. She does. She's got jokes. Like they're gonna call you and want you to come work for them. <laughs> this could be like the, your, part of your USO show. You stop down from singing. Hey, you know why it's called a navel shower? You only get thirty seconds. All you can do is wash your navel. Right here. Right here. <laughs> right here. She'll she'll be here all week. Now here's another song. Don't make me sing. <laughs> <laughs> and the song today is Poppy by Jennifer, by Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> New Stock 1110 WBT on this Monday. Bo and Beth and Jim and John Moore and Bernie in the house. Hey! Hey! Gang's all here. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We were all uh, doing different things, it seems, here and there and everywhere. 
Was anybody watching SNL? Beth got this look on her face. We were all doing different things. I was about to say it'd be weird if we didn't do different things. If we, it'd be weird if we all just hung out together on the weekends, too. I mean, it wouldn't be weird. Like, it'd be awesome. Like all of you went to West Virginia with me to exactly. ski? Exactly. We just tagged along. <laughs> on your little boys' trip? Yeah, little boys we just trip. tag along on your trips with you. I'll go ahead and just double down. I mean, if you're going to say boys' trip, say it. It's a cute little boys' yeah. trip. Did you introduce the kids to uh, Cold Mountain Brewery? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Boy Scout trip, Jim. <laughs> well, you know. no, I it's <laughs> like an ounce. <laughs> Taste test. It's walk, really good beer. I'm kid. gonna walk into the meeting on Tuesday night. So, You're fired. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know all this talk get... about you giving beer to children at the <laughs> See, Boy Scout trip. And, and inevitably, one of one of the parents is walk into the room right now, halfway through this conversation. He did what? <laughs> I thought my son was acting strange. No. <laughs> Everything was above board no as, it, as it should be. No, that didn't. no, no, no. You're a great cat counselor. They had vanilla Coke or whatever you found. <gasps> By the way. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, this is this is important news. Oh, I don't want to. Um, I'm just going to say that I we stopped at a at, at a gas station in West Virginia and look at they had the new move. Coke. Coca-Cola move that we talked about last week, and I love. By the way, I love our group chain text. We get a picture from Bo Thompson on our group chain text. Well, and, and and we were talking about this on the air, so I walked in, and, and there they had it. They had was that, it a vibe? Uh, <laughs> Did it taste like a vibe? A mood? A, oh, vi- a mood, that's what it was, a, a mood. A vibe or a mood I don't wish to have again. <laughs> it was oh. a bad mood. I will, I will leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to elaborate because I, I love the Coke people. The product uh, and and ninety percent of it, I, I'm all in. I'm not in. I'm not in on this. I, I feel like I need to taste this now. <laughs> no, I, I really want to try. I feel it. like I'll save you. Th- I'll save you that. Uh, so yes, taste the carbonated sadness. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mood. <laughs> the great taste of sadness in carbonation. <laughs> I, I tasted the value, but I also tasted taste the, the value. Sadness. Yes. Uh, on Saturday night, I did not see this live because yeah, I was in West Virginia. Yep. But uh, SNL returned live in New York, and Woody Harrelson was the host. And it was an interesting night because Woody Harrelson is known to sort of, well, go off the off the script sometimes. Yeah. Not even use the script. John Moore, I want to start with number two, if I can. I got yeah. two clips. This is uh, Woody Harrelson coming out doing the monologue. And keep in mind, uh, this is his fifth time uh, hosting SNL. So you know what they do with five-timers, right? They usually give them a jacket. Uh, this country seems so divided, beautiful, ugly, black, white, blue, red. I love everybody. Maybe because I'm a redneck hippie. Uh, you know, the red in me thinks you should be allowed to own guns. The blue in me thinks squirt guns. <laughs> so I'm red and blue, which makes purple. Uh, I'm purple. So, this is my fifth time doing SNL. And you know what that means. No jacket, okay. Um, Now, he got a jacket later. They gave it to him during the end credits. Scarlett Johansson brought him a jacket. Which is kind of sad because usually when the person has their fifth time on the show, they Mm -hmm. do that little, like, the the fifth timers club. And it's like a cigar room and everybody's sitting in there. It's like Steve Martin and Candace Bergen. and and like Scarlett Johansson now has done it five times. And I can't remember who else. But, you know, it's a a club. It's a rite of passage in the SNL world. Well, maybe they were worried that he was going to go off the, you know, 
off script uh, because he, he did several times and notably at the very end of the monologue. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is gonna believe that crazy idea of being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. Anyway, it's about that time. Come on. Still no Jack. Okay. Well, we got a great show for you tonight. Jack White is here, so stick around. We'll be right back. Now, I say off script because uh, you and I both know that that was not in the script. Uh, there's no way the SNL writers would have written that. Well, it's funny how but... the audience was like, uh, <laughs> these are the jokes. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, can we laugh? Can we laugh? What, do we laugh? But that's gotten a lot of attention. Well, and, yeah, and I gotten... guarantee you there are people around the country uh, in some living rooms that were clapping for that. So, um, But I, I, know for, I, I don't know for a fact because I wasn't there, but there's no way in the world I, the, 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 the writers gathered around in the room this week and wrote that for him to or say. Or that one sneaky writer put it on the cue cards right. or something that was like, let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. But it's gotten more attention than any monologue has mm-hmm. in quite some time. Which is, I'm not surprised. But uh, So that, that was the scene on Saturday night. He was the host. Jack White was there. And uh, he got, like I said, he got his jacket, but he, at the very it, end of the credits, and, and it was sort of funny, but sort of if you're Woody Harrelson, it's kind of like what you're not going to make the big deal for me, right? Where's Candace Bergen? Yeah, come on, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Conan. Is Conan, Conan a fun Conan, Yeah, it was one of the ones. I know Chevy Chase. I think probably it's Chevy Chase. Yeah, uh, Steve Martin, Tom Hanks is the big one. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. WBT, where business talks, presented by Ram Pavement. Good morning. Final Monday in February. Let's roll back to the market close on the final Friday in February. Stocks ending lower for the day and suffering their worst weekly declines of the year as the Fed's preferred inflation gauge rose last month at its fastest clip since June, adding to worries that the central bank may have to keep rates higher for longer to tame hot inflation. And Boeing stock among the Dow's biggest decliners after the plane maker halted deliveries of 787 Dreamliner jets because of a documentation issue. And Beyond Meat stock popping in a Dow market after the plant-based meat maker delivered a smaller than expected fourth quarter loss. The Dow winners, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Chevron. The Dow decliners, Boeing, Microsoft, and Amgen. The Dow falling 337 points. The Nasdaq down 195. S&P 500 down 42. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Everything to start the week is in the green. Dow futures up 139. S&P futures up 18. NASDAQ futures up 65. As we close in on uh, nine minutes in front of 7 o'clock, a Chick-fil-A restaurant in Pennsylvania has warned that unaccompanied minors are no longer allowed to dine in their establishment after unruly children and teenagers continue to cause disruptions. So you have to be... 16 to dine in without a parent. This is in Royersford. That's hard to say. Royersford, Pennsylvania. There were some rowdy miners who were disrespecting employees. They were vandalizing the establishment itself. I'm guessing, uh, my guess is, you know, like the little container where the sauces and the the coffee creamers and stuff are, that they were messing up all of that stuff. (laughs) 
That's what I visualize. Wow, but you're, but you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they messed with the Chick-fil-A sauce. But apparently <laughs> apparently they went in to mess with the Chick-fil-A sauce after their parents dropped them off at Chick-fil-A. So, mm-hmm. like, the parents literally dropped them off, and then they went in and got all rowdy and messed the whole place up. I don't blame the Chick-fil-A. If, 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 they're not supposed to be babysitters. And if people don't know how to behave... What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What no, are you going to do? When you said drop them off at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You know, that, that's not that's not implying that you're dropping them off to go park. Exactly. That's dropping them off to come back later. I guess. Like, how long off. are they going to stay there? Right. Are they dropping them off so that Chick-fil-A employees can be there, you know, I, can, I mean, I can see why the parents needed a break from those kids, though. They sound like <laughs> unruly kids. Well, they definitely are unruly kids. I know. We'll drop them off at Chick-fil-A. But, I mean, when we were coming up, uh, you used to go hang out at the mall, right? So your parents maybe sometimes would drop you off at the mall, but yeah. the mall had an entire food court and all these other stores. Orange this is, Julius. <laughs> this is one restaurant. And a Chick-fil-A, the ones that are still open for dining, a lot of them aren't, but the ones that are still open for dining, not a not a, not a whole lot of real estate there. Right. What are they? So here's what the uh, the, the kids and teens. Come up at the console Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> standing out by the road. Exactly. <laughs> here's, here's what they Here. actually did. We're going to drop off our kids to hang out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we hung out in parking lots. I was going to say that was. Yeah, actually, as soon as I said that, uh, it was the South Park Burger King. Ours was yep. the Concord Taco Bell. We just had McDonald's. We only had one fast food. We had an Arthur Treacher's, but I didn't eat fried fish, so I never went there. So you didn't go hang out in that nah, parking lot? I don't know if Arthur Treacher's even exists anymore. Well, here's what these teenagers did. They engaged in loud conversations, which that's expected, a lot of explicit language. They cursed at and mocked the staff. They vandalized the property. I think that's the Chick-fil-A sauce. Stole decor, and then they walked through the drive through lane. That sounds like Tony Marino. <laughs> that's right. Grown-ups do that. Wait, just the last part sounds like Tony Marino. Yeah, just, walking, <laughs> just walking through the drive through You know what? There's a word for those kind of people. Teenagers. Teenagers. Yes. That's well, kind of standard teenager No, behavior. no, wait a minute. I'm not going to. That's not true, though. That, the, the, not all teenagers act like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't want to put them all in that same boat. I mean, I, I know teenagers that do. I mean, they, not the Boy Scout trips, but um, <laughs> other teenagers. Okay. I'm just saying your kids were well-behaved. That was actually an affirmation. Do you think that this is, I mean, you're right that teenagers do completely miss behave but i was a teenager i didn't do that well yeah like 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 i have a you know there are plenty of teenagers that go in and behave themselves at places like that there are some that are making the like like for example it's the old thing in in grade school where you the whole word where a couple of people you know misbehaved and the whole class had to suffer for it right so this bad behavior is messing it up for all the other 16 year olds who just want to go get a delicious chicken sandwich exactly because i mean look my kids wouldn't go there and do that if they did they'd have to answer to me um, but I have seen examples of this, and it is – if it goes unchecked, I'm, I'm not surprised they're doing this. In fact, it, it's probably more prevalent than we know. Yeah. But, but Chick-fil-A gets a lot of attention because Chick-fil-A is one of the highest-profile places, you know, family restaurants like this. Well, and it's one of the most popular places, family restaurants. So in... the kids should go to Burger King. They have a place to themselves. <laughs> they wouldn't disrupt anything. Right. No one to bother. So I wonder if, you know, because Chick-fil-A employs a lot of, of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they employ people who are 16 probably and older. So are the employees who are 16 not allowed to come without their parents now? That's a good question there, Beth. I'm sure somebody out there knows. Like what are the rules and what's the cutoff and how does this work?
And are there times and are there days? Because I would imagine that unruly teenagers would be like a Friday night or Saturday night thing. But can they come by themselves after school to get a sandwich? But see, this is kind of my point, though. When we were talking about what we did on Friday nights, like we used to go hang out, not all the time, but sometimes it was in the parking lot over at the South Park Burger King, which is still there. Um, I don't know where the go-to spots are now, but we didn't act like that. Like we weren't there to vandalize. We weren't there to cause trouble. We were there to hang out and talk to each other uh, in a place that we could find. But do you think that people our age at the time that we were hanging out in the Burger King and the Taco Bell parking lot thought we were super annoying and very loud and not behaving well? I'm sure there were ones that did these same type things, but again, same thing. But do you think they thought we were annoying, even though we weren't really doing anything bad? Like, I was just hanging out, literally eating a bean burrito, but did we see... (laughs) How did that end? (laughs) (laughs) No, That that could be a disturbance. But it's back to the same thing I was talking about earlier. There were probably some people that looked at you and lumped you in with the ones that that made it, uh, that, that, that made the... The waves, but not everybody did. I mean, what we're talking about is a microcosm of life. This is not anything new, but it's the first time we've heard a Chick-fil-A taking a stand like this in, in, a, right. in a public setting. And especially against you know people 16 and, and younger. I would imagine after school, a whole bunch of 16-year-olds are going to Chick-fil-A. I know that I, I, I well, we didn't have Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm, I'm that old. We had one in the mall. That's it. But I went. That's the first place I went after school. I would pick up my little brother at middle school in my little car, and we would drive through. Your cute little car. My cute little car. Uh-huh. I had a cute little hatchback Honda Accord, and we would drive through the Taco Bell drive-through and get bean burritos with extra cheese and lots of hot sauce. And 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 if I had been told I couldn't come to Taco Bell, I'd be so sad because well, my mom was at work. But here's the other side of that. I don't know what percentage of Chick-fil-A's in the country are still dine-in because the one, the ones that are near me aren't. Uh, and, and the two that I would frequent the most, like Park Road and Cotswold, are not. But I, don't, I have no idea whether, whether they are outliers or not. But I, I do know that when I had young kids, the dine-in Chick-fil-A's were a huge place for us because they had yeah. the, 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 the play, play place. place. You know, and you would go and you'd eat your meal and then they'd go and they'd play in there for, I don't know, 30 minutes and you'd have... Adult time. And you would. You'd get to have a conversation. So, so maybe there's some backlash from that crowd that doesn't like the teenagers in there causing a oh, ruckus. Oh, because they're like, oh, I want my kids to go play in peace. I don't want them hearing a bunch of bad words and I don't want to have Or to... they want to be in peace where they're sort of in, you know, they're in their room, the quiet room. Oh, so they can have adult <laughs> conversation. Yes. Yeah, I'm just, I look, Chick-fil-A, for that reason, when I had young kids, was a huge, I mean, we spent more time there during those years than ever. So I don't I don't know what the dynamic is because I'm out of that part of my life, but I, I would like to know the number of Chick Fil A's nationally that are still dying in because of COVID. Because a lot of them have a lot of them have gotten out of that part of it to, to, all the way. Well, all it wouldn't way. have mattered if it was dying in because these kids are walking through the drive-through. That's right. They're misbehaving all the way around the store. News Talk 1110 <laughs> WBT almost seven o'clock. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110 WBT, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, Zoki, John Moore, Bernie in the house on a Monday morning. 
So we're talking about uh, restaurants, Chick-fil-A in particular. Uh, Pennsylvania Chick-fil-A has said uh, no kids under 16. No one under 16 can come into the restaurants without a parent or guardian because of unruly behavior that's been happening around that area. And we're talking, started talking about, uh, you know, uh, the behavior of kids, the behavior of teens in various areas. But forget kids and teens. 15 behaviors that could be considered rude at a grocery store. This is adult <laughs> behavior. Yeah, and this uh, uh, this is from, what is this, tastingtable.com. This list, so many of these. Now, some of these are things that you've probably seen before. Uh, some of these are things you've maybe done and not thought about it. Mm. Like, for example, uh, one of the things they list here is uh, handing items directly to the cashier. Like, if you have produce... You know, or, or anything in your in your cart. I mean, when I put it on the little conveyor belt there, don't sometimes you want to hand it to. Now, this assumes that I'm going through the actual. I know. I was like, when was the last <laughs> time you did this? Line. But but having done this at some point in my life, isn't there sometimes when it's crowded, you want to help them help the, the cashier or, or the person bagging sort of expedite the process? <laughs> Am I wrong? Because I, I can see why this would be I can see why this would be considered rude by the cashier, because maybe she or he isn't quite ready yet to take the item and suddenly they're having to type in your, you know, Vic card number whilst holding a head of broccoli. (laughs) And it's just become, you know, a a little bit annoying. But I would imagine there are so many people who bless you. Jim Zoki, who was would that imagine me? Oh, it was me. Sorry. They I, would imagine. I handed Jim some produce. <laughs> <laughs> it was covered in pollen. Dandelion. I don't know. <laughs> Dandelion yeah. uh, pollen. Um so I, I, I get this one, but I would imagine there are a lot of people out there going, what? I do this all the time. I had no idea this was rude. If you want to be helpful, place similar items together, such as refrigerated items, heavy items, or delicate produce. That way, it'll be easier for either you or the bagger to keep items cold. But it also says that you don't want to uh, mess up their flow. Uh, there's a way they do this, and sometimes if you interrupt, then that, that actually does more harm right. than good. You've messed up the flow. They have a lot of stuff that they're trying to do, and you've messed it up. I would imagine that keeping everything, or at least in my brain when I put everything on the conveyor belt, it kind of does come out in order because you are buying all of those things in order in your cart. So the frozen foods, you, all, you get all those together. It's not like you go to the frozen foods and then go back to the produce and then go back to the frozen foods and then go back to the produce unless you're a really inefficient So it's kind of like going to the craps table in Vegas because you can't hand the cash directly to the Right. Don't hand there. it directly to the guy. You just put it down. Put it down. And he's got that little rake thing that he pulls it into yep. the little slot. and they have the little scanner. you so got to treat the checkout people the same way. Yes. That's actually and a that's great way to mojo. put it. Um, just think of it as Vegas. Exactly. Think of the grocery store <laughs> as Vegas. This one I think is hilarious. Asking the wrong people questions. <laughs> like, like, this is not my area. Like, you need to go. Over, I, I don't work in produce. I work in the meat department. This is not my area. That or kind of thing. Or I don't work here. <laughs> oh, that kind? <laughs> like shoppers? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, come on. We've all done that, though. If yeah. you see somebody and you're trying to find the badge, trying because you have a question, but yeah. you can't tell. what I've been, I've been mistaked, mistaken before by somebody who works. I can't remember where it was, but they said, sir, I, and I, said, I don't work here. <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea. Doesn't See, I do the opposite. I act as if I do work there. Like I'm the <laughs> assistant manager, and I'll just give out information. <laughs> well, or what you do is you go behind the butcher's case into the back and just grab whatever rack of ribs you want. Just get them without gloves. You, you actually wrap it yourself with saran. But you don't need a hairnet. But in the same <laughs> article, it says asking the wrong people questions is a no-no. But then a few items later, it says acting like the employees aren't there is a no-no. 
Like in other words, you don't ask the wrong, you know, don't ask somebody the wrong question or from the wrong department. But then if you act if if you don't act like they're employees, then that's offensive as well. Well, I think those are two different things because you know how you'll be in the grocery store aisle and somebody, one of the employees, will be stocking something or checking the price on something. I know at Publix they're always great at saying like, "Hi, how are you? Can you find it everything okay?" <laughs> yeah. and, and you walk three more feet. Hi, how are you? Still good. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? Great. I'm still great. I'm still in the same aisle. See, this list was made for you guys. I was going to say, you sound like me. <laughs> Y'all are so What's grumpy the appropriate in the grocery answer? store. I, I'm not well. <laughs> what you should do is say, I'm not doing well, and then stop and tell them all about your divorce or you know, whatever else right. is going on. <laughs> my, biggest, my biggest problem with the grocery store scene right now is not in the store. Like, I have a huge pet peeve. I was thinking about it the other day. I said, Some, somewhere, somehow, this is going to come up on the show. And here it is. But <gasps> when we come back, I'll I tell you I'll tell you the thing that bothers me the most right now. It's before you ever get in the store. Mm. It's close to the store, but not there yet. There are two things that happen in that parking lot that annoy the bejesus out of me. I want people to tell us what annoys them on the grocery store. I want to see if you aisles. and I are on the same same page. I bet we are. 704. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> we Don't were, ask me where that broccoli is. We were oh, never oh. in aisle eight. <laughs> Bo, how are you doing today? <laughs> Why do you want to know? Beth, how are you? Still good. I'm great. Can I help take this out to your car? I'm doing great. I'm finding everything just fine, Tom. That's what I say yeah, to you. Yeah, you would have like conversations. And, and, and know their name. You're doing such a good job of putting everything with the labels forward. 713. What store is this? Publix. 713 on WBT. <laughs> Here's Pam Warner. Oh, man, I feel personally attacked after that one. All right. Oh, I'm, I love Publix. I know. So do I. <laughs> I love that they talk to me. <laughs> Not anymore. You've lost that now. I know. All right. All right. We're talking about... Among other things this morning, we're talking about 15 behaviors that can be considered rude at the grocery store. This sort of stems from the original conversation about Chick-fil-A. There's a Chick-fil-A in Pennsylvania that's banning uh, banning people under 16 without an adult yeah. in, in store because they've had uh, issues with people uh, getting out of line. So here's what I think now. If people do some of these behaviors that are listed about bad behavior in grocery stores, I think they should be banned. <laughs> well, you think the person online here, Mark, is going to say what I said, what I teased going into the last last, uh, last break. Well, which I is, feel like Mark is going to be talking about what gets my guts boiling. Because I said, I said <laughs> heading into the break, I said there's something that bothers me more than anything else, and it's outside the grocery store, yeah. not before you ever even get there. And I'll, I'll tell you what it is, but I'll, I'll bring on Mark here first because Mark wants to chime in on this. Mark, welcome to Good Morning BT. Good morning, guys. Hey, Mark. Wonderful show. I love you guys in the morning. Appreciate everything you do for our area. Uh, what gets me, I cannot stand pulling up into a grocery store parking lot, and there's a buggy just sitting loose in, the, in a parking space. Maybe there's one space of, like, you know, there's no place to park and you can't get into the parking place because someone left a buggy out. Yes! It gets my gourd. I don't understand. They've got little places in pretty much every aisle where you can just put that little cart and then they can they come out and get it. In the, or Who is that busy that they don't have time to walk their cart to the little place to put their cart? Right? Amen. <laughs> well, and not only are you too lazy to put it where it goes, you're going to prevent somebody from having a parking place. Yes, and you're exactly. preventing, you're making the employee have to go chase buggies all over the parking lot when it's hard enough that they have to go and get that big line of buggies and take them back into the grocery store. <laughs> Mark, I'm just curious. Do you call them buggies? Uh, 
Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yay. I, just, I think so. Buggy, is that a work? Okay. Shopping I just, cart. I just call them shopping carts. Sorry. Cart, yeah. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, Mark. Uh, the thing that I that bothers me, what you just said is right up there. Oh. But the thing I was going to say is not that. Oh, it's not. This is the thing that, and, and this is this can be in front of any store that has a parking lot. But to me, this has gotten to the point now, and I'm not accusing younger or older. I'm just people who decide that they're not going to follow not just the arrows in the parking lot, in the lanes, but drive through the parking lot just straight through the middle of the parking lot. So as you're coming down the aisle and somebody breezes past you. Oh, you mean like... Nothing worse than getting cut off. I know, man. I, <laughs> oh, you meant by parking. Yeah, that was like that. That was like the uh, audio version of getting cut off in a parking lot of Beth, people that Beth, are Beth short said padding. ten bad words. That's why we had to go to that break. <laughs> yes. Well, so the other day, the other day I was in a Home Depot parking lot, and yeah. I was coming around the corner, and you know, it, it, you're you're following the lanes, and I was going down trying to find my, and somebody just did like a diagonal across the parking lot where there weren't any cars, but just driving over those lines. And like, what are they doing? I understand that there weren't cars there, but you still, there have to, I'm surprised you don't hear more. Like when Pam's on talking about, uh, you know, accidents that happen, I'm surprised that there are not more accidents that you hear about people rear-ending people in parking lots. Oh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, because I you see near misses all the time, but I never actually have seen one myself. But uh, more and more, I find people, A, are going down the wrong arrow uh, parts of the parking lot to park. Yeah. And, and then not only that, I've seen people recently several times just completely lose all abandon for any of the, the lanes and just go straight across the parking lot over the, 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 the you know, the, the, the I was, lots that weren't. When well, we lived in Ballantyne, we lived at this place that was near a shopping center, like you said, with a gas station that was adjacent in the same parking lot area. Yeah. yeah. And this pizza delivery guy comes flying through. So I'd just gotten gas. I was pulling out of the pump. And he flies through and up to, the, like, the store part of the thing. And it was so egregious. I just rolled my window down and said, hey, buddy, kind of thing. And he, like, yelled back at me, there's no rules in parking lots. And the pizza place he was from was part of that parking lot. So I walked right into that parking lot. I said, the guy that's getting gas over there right now is, like, really bad at driving and a lot of anger. But and you I know think what? I got him. You know what, Jim? I got him in trouble. You know what? There should be rules in parking lots. Well, Why are there rules. not rules in parking there lots? There are rules in parking lots. Like, if the parking spaces are diagonal, that means there's a certain direction you right. should be going in, that you should be driving in. You know what? There also should be a nice rule about people who get out of their cars and start walking into the store, and they're, like, willy-nilly, walking all slow-pokey, looking down at their phones, taking up the whole middle of the where you would be driving, and so you can't mm-hmm. get through. And you know that they know you're behind And you them. know mm-hmm. they know. They can hear you unless you're in a pre they can hear you. Which is another thing that makes me mad. Uh, Mark's still holding on. Mark, thanks for calling, man. Oh, I yeah. appreciate it. We just had a whole little combo with Mark. Was Mark there that whole yeah, time? I think so. We love you, Mark. Uh, Joe, you're on WBT. What's going on, Joe? Hello, Joe. Joe going once, twice, and hey, Joe. no sale. That's like he's driving down the road. But I think uh, Joe was holding, but he never actually got on the line. There is, I mean, there's there's etiquette. And, and you have to realize that you're not the only person on the planet. You have to be aware of other people and be respectful of their time. That's part of the putting the shopping buggy away because there are employees that but shopping cart. I just, I just was combined. Your, was, was, your, was your big bugaboo on the list of, about the shopping no, cart? No, no, it was not, not on the express list. lane. Not on this list. That's another issue I have. It's but, not on the list. Does the self-check out of me. But to your point, Jim, there, there, look, there are quote-unquote rules, and I know you can't say, well, let's have cops 
you know, enforce the parking lot, enforce rules. the parking. They got enough trouble on the on the regular roads, but it has become enough of an issue lately. I, I bet you three or four times in the last two weeks, I've seen people just completely speed through a parking lot with no regard for where the lanes are and almost hit people. Well, yeah, because I mean, when you're talking about parking lots, especially grocery grocery store parking lots, there are a lot of teeny tiny kids mm-hmm. walking in with their parents at any given moment. And if you're not paying attention, that's a disaster waiting to happen. We have uh, many people waiting on the line, 704-570-1110. I had a feeling, so did Beth, that yes. this might, uh, <laughs> this might uh, get under some people's skin. Get people's gourds. Newstalk 1110 WBT. Every once in a while we have one of these days. It's a venting Monday. That's what it's turned into. I kind of like ranting Mondays because, you know, Mondays are when you have, you know, the Monday creepies that you get on Sunday night or the Monday creepies where you're, you're like. Somebody's got a bad case of the Mondays. Where you're, you're I don't get this with this job at all. Like, I, I, I get excited about coming in on Monday morning, but, you know, a lot of jobs you have the Monday creepies and they start mm-hmm. creeping in on Sunday night and you're like, ugh. And this is a good way, a good time to rant about all the other things that you just ugh about. So today we're talking about grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And we actually did a whole segment on grocery store parking lots. <laughs> <laughs> the parking lots and parking lot etiquette. We, we can go back inside the grocery store if we want to because it all stems from an article that was written. Uh, and and this, is, this is particularly about things that happen in a grocery store that are, I guess these are no-nos that maybe you didn't realize were in that category. That are considered rude to other customers and to the employees. But look at this. All these people want to talk about the parking lot. So we'll stay with that for a minute. Chris, you're on WBT. Hi, Chris. Good morning, guys. Good morning. And gals. The number one thing that bothers me in the parking lot is people that park in handicapped spots, and they look like they just come from the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that's when you kind of stop and you kind of... You look over at at the, at the to see if they if they have the proper documentation. Yeah, they, got gram, they got grandma's placard, mm-hmm. yes, but they get out looking spry. No, you're right. Right, and then number two is the kids that ride around in the courts just for elderly people. Oh, in the carts for inside oh, the store. Oh, I've never seen that. That would really make me upset. Yeah, I wouldn't like that either. You see that a lot, Chris? I see that a lot. Huh. Oh, now that's really bad behavior. They should be banned from the grocery store. Yeah, that shouldn't be allowed. And what's so bad is the parents are with them. Oh, no. Mm. Yep. All right, Chris, thank you for checking in. I appreciate it. Eric, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Welcome. Hey, guys. Um, my comment is really around the, um, you know, the self-checkout. Oh, it, thank you. It, because it used to be 10 and less. Right. Which was great. Mm-hmm. And now people bring an entire grocery cart, uh-huh. and they're not professionals. So, therefore, it takes forever for them to check through that cart. It mm-hmm. takes them 900 years because they're sitting there looking at the little numbers on their sweet potato and then weighing their exactly. sweet potato, and it takes 45 years. And I'm here to tell okay. you. Uh, as a, a self-checkout aficionado, I am not a professional, but I'm a professional. Well, you also are polite in that you will literally shop in the grocery store three separate times so that you can go through self-checkout with the appropriate number of items. Because I don't want to be that guy or that gal. And, Eric, I saw somebody with two full carts try to go through Ooh. one of those. Well, not try. They did. And it's just I'm with you, man. That's I'm egregious. You. That's just rude yeah, to all you, of the people. It's about efficiency, and when you're not a professional, it just doesn't work well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Eric, good call. Thank you. Good call about a bad thing. 
Yes, and that's that's considered. I would think incredibly rude and thinking that you're the only person in the grocery store. And especially if you cut in front of, I had a lady just a couple of weeks ago, cut in front of me at self-checkout. I had two items in my hand, two items in my hand. And she had an entire, not the little double stacker mini grocery cart, the big giant grocery cart loaded up like Mount Kilimanjaro. And she cut in front of me and went into self-checkout. And this particular grocery store only had one checkout stand. And what did you do? I went to the the lady that was doing the checkout at the the conveyor belt, and I had a nice little conversation. Mm -hmm. She was meant to be. checked out my two little items for me. Hey, Greg, you're on WBT. What's going on, Greg? Hey, uh, just a saying about the the checkouts and that. Uh, My wife went to Walmart one time, and she had a shopping cart full. She put it on the belt. When it was her turn, when the lady went to start ringing her out, she looked at my wife and she said, I have to go on break now. You're going to have to go somewhere else. You're going to have to, going to, have to load your cart back up. My wife looked at her. And she said, yeah, I'll go somewhere else. She said, I'm leaving. And she took the empty shopping cart and she walked away with it. She says, oh, by the way, you've got to put it all back now. She says, I ain't doing it. My wife just walked away. Oh, I have never seen that happen. That's next level. Greg, rude. That is a pro move, though. Yeah. Because I think I would have. I would have wanted to do that. I don't know if I would have done it, but that's that's what. Because because that's one thing. Okay. It's one thing for you to pull up and with the with the grocery cart and the person to say I'm going on break, which by the way, in of itself is bad form. Yeah. But if that happens, don't let the per. He's talking about they unloaded the whole cart, and then she said, right, uh, this, this this lane is now closed. Right. Don't let the person unload the whole cart, and take that last person, then turn your light off, and tell the next person in line, "I this lane is going to be closed after this customer. You don't leave that person standing there. All right, Greg, Greg thank you, Jim. Greg. Jim is actually going to touch on something here that we got into a few weeks ago, and I was surprised that it didn't go further than it did. But, Jim, uh, your issue with people in stores is what? Dogs. Yeah, dogs that are not service dogs. Yeah, dogs in carts or dogs on leashes. And Mm -hmm. I actually asked one of the managers, I guess, of the store that should go unnamed uh, why this is okay. And they said, well, even if they're not uh, a service dog or they don't have on a vest or something, we can't ask them. All we can do is ask them, is this a service dog? And if they say yes, then we can't ask any more questions. And I'm like, well, isn't that a sanitary issue? Aren't you worried about a dog defecating or urinating on an end cap? And they go, well, we'll just have to clean it up. I'm like, well, if you can't say anything, then I will. Man, if I was an employee of a grocery store and I had to deal with that possibility, uh-huh. that'd be a that'd be a deal breaker for me. Yeah, if I was cleaning up dog poop at the grocery store every yeah. day, I would be a little miffed. It okay. defies logic. It does. Jim, thanks for calling, man. We appreciate it. 704-570-1110. These are uh, grocery store no-nos that people say are yes-yeses. Too much. Right. Monday, February 27th. Bo and Beth here in the Ty Boyd studio. And time to bring on one of our favorite people. Crossing the streams. We do it twice a day. He hosts 3 to 6 in the afternoon on the... Brett Winterbull Show. Happy Monday, Brett. Happy Monday. I, gosh, it's so good to uh, be with you. Aww. So uh, I, got a, a, I got several things to ask you about. The first thing here, Fox News uh, debuting a poll uh, today, 2024 Republican nominee preference among Republican primary voters. And uh, this is, I mean, this is a, a, 
the largest field I've seen. This is back from uh, February 19th through the 22nd. But uh, topping the list is, is no surprise. I think we all know who's going to be at the top of that list. My question is, is the 43% beside Donald, Donald Trump's name, is, is, that, uh, is that high or low to you? I, I, I hate to be a wise guy. I think it's about where I think it is. I think yeah. it is 43. I think it is 43%. Yeah, well, right. and, and just for people who may not have seen this poll, uh, this is among Republican primary voters. Uh, Trump is in first place here at 43%, and obviously only a few of these have declared, uh, but they're names that are expected to be in the mix. Donald Trump at 43%, DeSantis second place at 28 Then you have a pretty swift fall off here. Nikki Haley and Mike Pence at 7%. Greg Abbott, Liz Cheney at 2%, and then everybody else here named uh, at the 1% level. That, that all, I think that all comports. I, I would be willing to guess that DeSantis's number, see, he's not running, right? So um, if he gets in, he'll probably jump to like, you know, 39 or, or 46, you know, some number like that. But since he's not running, I, I think there's that factor, right? It's the... Well, I'll wait and see. I'll go with Trump for now, but I'll wait and see what Penn, what uh, what DeSantis does. And I think that's I think that's just sort of. He's not in the race. Well, I think this poll shows what um, we've heard some political pundits, including Mick Mulvaney here on our show, talk about is that Trump isn't upset with other Republicans getting into the race because Trump knows he has a pretty solid base. Yeah. And then the rest of the Republican voters are going to be split between some of the other candidates. So if you do the math with the other candidates, it, it comes out to 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 beat Trump. But it's not one candidate that does that. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. You know, because uh, I think I think there's going to be a lot that looks like 2016, uh, where people are going to be like each week they're going to say, "Oh, that was really good. He was really good. Oh, yeah, she was really good. That was really good." And then once it starts getting down to, um, you know, nutcracking time, then you gotta you gotta decide who you're gonna who are you gonna ride with. I mean, one of the big boosts that Donald Trump got. From the last few days, obviously, Palestine, Ohio, making that trip, reminding people of the kind of hands-on guy he was back once upon a time. Um, and then you also have somebody do him a huge favor in Paul Ryan saying, if Donald Trump's the nominee, I'm not going to the convention, which, I mean, he's got my vote right there. If, if you are, if you are uh, repellent for uh, Paul Ryan, then I'm like, Whoo, check that box, baby. You're talking about Paul Ryan, uh, and actually he was on. This is on. This has been. This clip's been making the rounds this weekend. He was on uh, WISN uh, TV in uh, what is it, uh, Milwaukee? I guess it is. And Milwaukee. so, so they're asking him over the weekend, uh, what, what's the, what, what's your status on the Republican National Convention? Uh, are you going to attend that? And he said this: the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee. Where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. Oh. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. You won't show up if it's not. If yeah, it's I'm not Trump. interested in participating in that now. Even in Wisconsin. Even Wisconsin. Okay. So, and and you actually led me to that. So, where does Paul Ryan fall in the mix right now within no, the GOP? No, nowhere. He's the uh, he's the mayor of Boringville. Um, he's got no juice, no hand. He lost an election. He 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 was ineffective as a speaker. I mean, I'm sorry, but with all due respect to the position, he, he didn't he, he didn't he didn't do anything great for that for that party and i remember you and i were in the rafters there at uh, at the queue uh in 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 cleveland the night that uh, trump's 
cinched it. And I remember walking up there and seeing this cadre of people surrounding Ryan, and I just remember being profoundly underwhelmed. He's not a guy that I listen to for anything. Isn't it strange at one point in the the early or I guess the late 2010s, people would have said yeah. that he was a superstar of the Republican Party. He yeah. and Mitt Romney and kind of John McCain were the Republican yeah. strongholds yeah. At, at one point. Yeah. And, and, and that completely shifted over the course of a five-year period. Yeah, it was it was backwards hat and two-pound dumbbells in his hands that made him look silly sitting there in that picture. For and, and I don't think he was ever taken seriously. So uh, one last thing for you here. DeSantis. We're talking about DeSantis hasn't declared yeah. yet, and I completely agree with yeah. you. He'll get a bump when he declares. But yeah. is, is there any fatigue that's setting in with people that are getting impatient yeah. with him? Because he's yeah. on a book tour right now. He was on with uh, Mark Levin last night, and he, you yeah. know he's talking about this book, The Courage to Be Free, but he's not right. talking about what everybody wants to know. And I, to me, there seems like there's got to be a point where he's got to he's got to do something substantive, or else he's going to lose a little bit of uh, the the grasp that he has on on some of the electorate right now. Nobody's going to go vote for somebody because they wrote a book. All right. The book is, you know, one of these sort of standard books that gets issued. It's not like a Mike Pence book where it's looking back. It's it's this is like, hey, and I think America ought to be awesome. And this is going to be great. He's allowing right now Donald Lemon and, and MSNBC and them to define him as like a bully and a mean guy and all that. He needs to get out there on his own. And it's not just talking to Mark Levin. It's got to be getting out there, mixing with the people. Do something at the villages. It's America's friendliest hometown. Come on, man. Do a pancake breakfast. Do something where people get to know you and see you. Scratches and dents and all. Don't try to wrap yourself in bubble wrap because you know what happens. It all pops eventually. It's awfully fun popping it, but it's no way to pick a breath. Well, and, and you want as many people as possible to be at the, the right. popping ceremony, right? No one cares. Oh, then what's... Yeah. All right, uh, Brett. Brett Winterbull this afternoon, 3 o'clock on a big Monday. We'll talk to you then. Take care, guys. News Talk 1110 WBT, 8 o'clock. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, excuse me, uh, I was waiting for that space. Yeah? Tough! Face it, lady, we're younger and faster. <laughs> so Mark uh, just texted me, he said, you gotta, you gotta find Tawanda from Fried Green Tomatoes in the parking lot at the Winn-Dixie. <laughs> when she decides, I'm gonna take this into my own hands did Kathy Bates. Here it comes. Tawanda. (laughs) (laughs) And she's plowing into the car that took her space. And we say all this because we got into a conversation this last hour on a Monday talking about I feel like John Hancock, he used to do the show, What's Bugging You? Yes. Yep, well, this has hit a nerve today because we were talking about, really we were talking about things that go on inside the grocery store, mm-hmm. and it stemmed from a conversation about kids being banned from a Pennsylvania Chick-fil-A because of unruly behavior. But then we got into talking about things that, uh, and there's an article that lists all these things that you shouldn't do inside a grocery store, and then I happened to say at some point last hour, well, hang on, before you ever even go in the grocery store, I got things in the parking lot that bug me, mm-hmm. which, ascend, mm-hmm. you know, which 
the the mo- the biggest thing I hate is when people don't pay attention to the lanes. But then we've had people call in and say, what about people who don't put the grocery cart up? And what about people who put grocery carts in actual spaces? And that one right there was when somebody takes somebody's space. And you've gotten, like, what, five or six uh, messages about this in the last little bit? Oh, my gosh. I've gotten so many messages. Betsy sent me a message and said, Beth, I just – this is to your your comment, Bo, about people not – adhering to the lane rules. She said, Beth, I had a diagonal accident recently in a parking lot on February 16th, and yes, the other driver was at fault, and it's such a pain. So it was somebody coming through and not mm-hmm. looking at the, the correct direction, not not following the rules. There are etiquette rules to the actual parking lot. I got a message from Tony who said, my pet peeve in the parking lot is getting out of the car and stepping in a puddle of someone's day-old half-drunk cup of coffee. Yes. Have you done that? Have you stepped into somebody's coffee because you didn't realize that it was there and then you had nice, cute little canvas white shoes on that you had just purchased and you got coffee all over your feet? Nope. Nobody else has the white canvas shoes and (laughs) stepped in the coffee. I mean, just take the... I'm speaking for the group. I'm sorry. (laughs) We all on board with that? I wear Crocs. (laughs) Which would be a real bad situation (laughs) if you're wearing flip-flops. Exactly. They're holy. Those are holy Crocs. They get coffee all up in them. Here's one that's happened, I think, post-COVID more or whatever, but many times it could be whatever grocery store, the major chains here. Does it not seem a lot more often now there's no shopping carts at all? Like you come up and there's none when you walk in the store. To, yes. And there's no hand baskets, no carts. So one time around Christmas, either just before or after, I went and I needed to get a bunch of stuff because we were having family come over. I found a cardboard box in the store. <laughs> this is two months ago. You and walked around, around and started using a card. I, well, I didn't drag it around. I carried around a cardboard box to put all these little items in that I needed and stuff like that because there were no shopping carts. I already came in and I said, I want to walk back out to where they are. In the corral out there. See, I could have done that. I this is what I thought you were going to say. Now, this is something, again, to the whole thing about you making fun of me earlier about going through the self-checkout several times. Uh-huh. Um, I am a coffee, I mean, I am a, a, a grocery cart snob because there's only one type of cart that I will use. It's the double-decker mini cart. The double-decker mini cart. I hate <laughs> the big old huge bus-looking thing. Me too. And I will I will go to the store and just gather things in my arms if there aren't. There can be 40 of the big huge ones uh-huh. and none of the double-decker small ones. And if they're none of the small ones, I will forego the cart experience. Well, it seems that there are fewer and fewer and fewer double-decker mini carts. I don't know where no. they went. Where did they go? Because they used to be everywhere, and now I People love them, and they take them home with them now. <gasps> Is that what happens? Yeah, I think so. You just load up your car and take the cart with you. Are they stealing these You can things? use them in your garage. But, the, but you're right. Even the ratio is wrong. The ratio is like, off. There should be 75% of the compact ones mm-hmm. and 25% of the big, huge, bus-looking ones. But and, and then don't get me started on the ones that for the kids that are like twice as long. Oh, you should grab one of those. Yeah. <laughs> they have like the, because the, you little, can't, the little car little in front race of it. cars. <laughs> you can't maneuver. Like those things are, the, the regular carts in this day and age are too big. And they I, clog up the, 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 the lanes. Yes, they clog up the lanes and they inevitably have one wheel that just spins mm-hmm. around and makes weird noises and you just come through like a loud gas just somebody with gas just p- pushing through the aisle you, you were looking for the word and that's the one that came to you huh <laughs> just it makes that awful noise and you can't and and it sometimes it doesn't spin just that mm-hmm. one wheel it doesn't mm-hmm. spin and so you're basically like dragging the cart through the grocery store i never get the big cart with a wheel that works mm. roland you're on wbt what's going on roland 
Good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, Roland. Hey, uh, one that irritates me and drives me absolutely nuts is people that park in handicapped spots that don't need them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, this comes from a mother. I had a mother that was handicapped. You know, she had problems with her feet. She needed that spot. I also had a wife that was in a wheelchair that needed that spot. And I literally, it irritates me to the point where I, I just stop and stare at them when I see them get out and run into the store. And a lot of people use it, they're teenagers or somebody like that, like mom and dad's car, and they'll park in that spot and run in. Mm-hmm. And my fiance right now, she'll, she'll say, no, 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 don't stare at them. I just want to I stop and stare at them and go, like, you know what you're doing is wrong. That's mm-hmm. a handicapped spot. I've seen and people. I said, really? Really? You're going to take that spot? I've seen people uh, pull up and put the hazards on, so as to say, I'm yeah. just going to be here for a minute, right? Just for a minute, but that doesn't make it any any more okay. I agree with you, John. Uh, I'm sorry, Roland. John is actually on hold. Uh, we got to go to a break real quick here, but John, uh, he <laughs> knows what happened to the mini carts. <gasps> John! John, I can't wait to find out. WPT. This is one of those uh, subjects we can't get off of. I like, love it. We can't like we we we, we did it, but. Now people want to keep on talking about it. So that's the way this show works. If you want to keep it going, we keep it going. I get it, too, because my guts are boiling. My Uh, gourd has gotten. uh, They're burning my biscuits with some of these. uh... Beth Troutman, her (laughs) gourd has gotten. (laughs) What does that even mean? I have no idea. I have no idea, but it's. uh, I always say it really gets my gourd. Is it blood boiling or guts boiling? (laughs) I think it is blood boiling. Because guts boiling sounds like something else. Unless you're Beth. In which case, it's your gourd gut. It's my gut. That sounds like bridesmaids or something. So if you weren't with us earlier, Beth, what's got your gourd? (laughs) What's got your gut boiling? There's so many things at the the grocery store from the parking lot to the inside of the store. But people leaving their coffee in the parking lot, and I step in it. People leaving their shopping carts in parking places. or, Or they take the time to run it up over the curb and sit it in the little grassy spot. Like... That's harder than taking it to the car- the cart aisle thing or taking it back inside the store, God forbid. Quick aside, one time we did try the, like, you call ahead and they do the shopping for you and have it waiting for you. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, very leery of doing that because I was thinking, will it come out right or whatever? Right, and you don't get to pick your own produce. And it didn't. Like, when I got it the stuff, right. it was, like, three quarters of what we wanted and... I felt like something I didn't want, but I'd already just like gave up at that point. And I don't even know why we did it. I think we just did it during COVID or yeah, something I did it like that. COVID too. I was like, oh, never again. I'll just get my own groceries. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's how it is every experience, but it was the one time. Well, I, I have tried to it. smell the melons, you know, and squeeze the <laughs> Ooh, I tomatoes. Love that. <laughs> Wait. Sniff the produce. You, if you squeeze the tomatoes, were they like just. Well, no, they Sport have to feel a certain way. You know, if they don't feel a certain way, I, I'm sorry, but I, grocery store tomatoes, I can't eat them. I wish that I could. You're a melon. I can't. If I'm cooking with them, I can cook with them, but I can't eat them. I have to have homegrown tomatoes. I'm I'm, I'm southern uh, that way. You see how this started, This Jim. is people why you wash your vegetables and fruits when you get home, because people like her are squeezing all the tomatoes to see yes. if it's the right and one. And sniffing them. It yeah. all started with a quick aside. Yes. <laughs> now you've become that person we don't want to be around in the grocery store. All right, so John, John is holding here and he's been patient i said uh, in our last segment that one of the things and 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 you started talking about the grocery carts the smaller ones yeah and i, I kept i asked where have they gone because they used to be everywhere and now i can never find them and i end up with the big wonky cart with the one wonky wheel that i'm dragging through the sh- the, 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 the 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 grocery store making mm-hmm. all kinds of loud noise and i offered the uh <laughs> the the note that i will forego the big long wonky carts mm-hmm. if they don't have the double decker 
Small compact ones, cart. the compact ones. I'll go and just carry it all myself and look like a, you know, people get, can you help, can you help you with that? So I'm fine. That's all good. <laughs> Do you like me and find a cardboard box? <laughs> yeah. Drag it but, but John says he knows what happened to the mini carts. What John, happened, John? Enlighten us, John. Good morning. All right. Good morning, folks. This is all based on the Walmart out in Indian Trail. Because, you know, when you go in Walmart now, you can't even get a hand basket. Yeah. And those uh, mini carts, they don't, they're not accommodated by the cart genie that helps them push the carts back into the store. So out near me, my daughter and I, we love small carts. Those small carts are lined up in the outlying cart corrals way, way deep out there in the parking lot because the cart people don't like to push them in simple as that now i don't know what happens to ones at harris teeter the one near me only has like maybe about five of them but i like them too but the cart people they hate the mini carts because they're harder to push in i would think it would be easier to push in a whole bunch of those because a the wheels always work and they're more compact but they they don't stack the same that that machine they have the cart genie does not accommodate the small oh oh oh, the, oh well, well hey there you go we've got a business idea guys we can make a cart genie they're, they're, for the mini cart the yep. mini the mini carts are cart genie averse oh That's yeah and right. the Harris Teeter you're right my Harris Teeter in Davidson has two has two of the compact yeah. little carts see I'm gonna open up and a grocery store that only has the small carts it's called Bose compact carts and more <laughs> yeah. only self checkout <laughs> only small carts. <laughs> And nobody asks how you're doing. <laughs> no one helps you with anything. <laughs> and so they say, why are you looking at me? <laughs> All right, uh, John, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Uh, Jack, what's going on? You're on Good Morning BT. Well, first of all, mini carts rule. Yes. If you're a yeah. guy and yeah. you go to the grocery store, I'll, I'll take the mini cart every single time mm-hmm. because the big carts always have more damages. Mm-hmm. They don't roll properly. They have the emergency brakes set on them. They're impossible mm-hmm. to get around it. Give me the mini car. Yes, Jack. My, my my big complaint about the grocery store are all those stupid, well, not all of them are stupid, but they have too many reserved spaces out there. There's oh. one for women with little children. There's one for veterans. I get that. But, but now they've got them for EVs. If I see a sign that says EV, I just pull my SUV in there immediately. Oh. Yeah. Why does the EV get a better parking spot than me? I spend just as much money at the HT as anybody else, so why does the EV get a special spot? And they just keep adding them. And then at, at my Harris Theater in Steel Creek, not only do they have all those, but now they've added, I guess the city makes them do this. They're adding all these islands so they can put a few trees in the parking lot, which makes it even harder to get in and out of there. And, and then and people the park. park their buggies on them. Okay, okay, yeah. but, but Jack, you just you just struck a nerve with me as well. So I, I agree with you about the EV spots, but you're also, like, some of my favorite spots at the particular place that I go to, uh, two of those spots have been taken up now by delivery spots yes. like you pull yeah. up for your delivery and i understand uh, I, the need for that during covid but now that that time period has passed don't make me go park in a worse place because i'm willing to walk in from my parking space yeah and i heard beth mention the uh the trash in the parking lot uh-huh I, off the subject a little bit but i've been meaning to, to call in to pete in the afternoon because our roads are just horrible in charlotte now 
And it's I don't like nobody, understand. Nobody throws their trash away. Drive around 485 or up 77. <laughs> Count how many car bumpers are laying on the side of the road. Yeah, and like the one random shoe. I always want to find that person who lost the one shoe. Like, what's the rest of his day well, like? Well, it might be that you lost one shoe. You go, what am I going to do with this other shoe? So you just throw that one out the window. That's all. You need to find Tom The worst, the Tom worst ones of all, I think, I don't know why, but it's the HVAC contractors can't seem to keep their crap in the back of their truck. All right, Jack, we got to roll, man. Jack's Thank got you. a list. I do. I love, I love Jack, but I don't understand. His, his guts were boiling. Jack needs to listen to Zoki and go, quick aside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's another thing I don't like. The color yellow. <laughs> Hate it. All right, back to the news center on this Monday. Have you? Have you can you tell it's a ranting Monday? <laughs> I love that people get their gourds are gotten up over this, guys. That's right. In our next segment, more gourds get gotten by Beth Trout. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Derry Holland's college basketball journey started at Davidson College in the early 1960s under legendary coach Charles Lefter Giselle. Holland served as captain on the 1964 squad and stayed on as an assistant coach under Giselle when his playing days were over. Five years later in 1969, Lefty moved on to the University of Maryland and Holland was promoted to head coach for his alma mater. When I was eligible uh, first year as a, as a player for him, probably gave me a good idea of what it was like to play for him because he pushed you and as an assistant coach he pushed you as well. Uh, his approach to things was the harder you work the luckier you get. I think I learned more from doing scouting reports on opposing teams because you learned a lot about the other team then you'd bring it back and then sit down with Coach Drizel and whoever the other assistants were at that particular time and you'd break it down but you learned a lot of basketball that way. So. I have to say that I learned almost all my basketball from Coach Drizelle. That's uh, the voice of Terry Holland, uh, who we just learned, you heard in Zoki's uh, sports report, Terry Holland uh, has passed away. And uh, it's uh, we were talking just last week about how it's an interesting college basketball season because uh, you have the Houston Cougars as the number one team in the country. You have the NC State Wolfpack, which is uh, relevant again uh, and, and in many ways kind of harkens back to that 1983 season. And uh, you know who else was a pretty decent team back in that 1983 season? Uh, was in the Final Four along with NC State and Houston, the University of Virginia, coached by Terry Holland. And when you think about Terry Holland, John Moore was just talking off the air. He said, yeah, that's back when the ACC was the ACC. And uh, Terry Holland... Uh, I'll just tell you uh, on a personal note that uh, my father-in-law played for Davidson, and he played uh, during the, on the same teams that Terry Holland did when, when he was a player at Davidson. Mm-hmm. So uh, Terry Holland and Lefty Drizel, uh, those names have been uh, very important names in, in, in my family for many, many years. I knew him well, and, of course, I went to Davidson as well. And when I was at Davidson, uh, Terry Holland was the athletic director there. So if you look at his coaching career, he played for Davidson from 61 to 64, and then he returned to Davidson as a coach, first an assistant coach in 64 to 69, and then went on to be Davidson's head coach, and then in 74 left for Virginia and stayed there to the end of his coaching career. Then, Zoke, he comes back to Davidson as athletic director and then goes on back to Virginia as AD and eventually East Carolina as athletic director. So if you're talking about a guy who was synonymous with college basketball in North Carolina and Virginia. I mean, this is a Terry Holland is is a is a legi- is a legend. As you said, in so many levels, as a player, as an assistant coach, head coach, athletic director, and uh, my time spent with him was when he was the athletic director at Davidson. I was doing their radio play-by-play for two seasons back in the early '90s, and just a, one of those first-class human beings, and just that that pedigree and 
kind of to John Moore's point, but when the ACC was, uh, you know, these legendary Mount Rushmore coaches, mm-hmm. and they still are to some degree, obviously, um, but uh, back then especially. And, um, and just, again, just a gentleman and um, came back to Davidson where he played, obviously much smaller than being at somewhere like Virginia, then goes on to ECU. So um, uh, just a great career. Apparently he had Alzheimer's. He was battling for the last two, three years. At the age of 80, passed away yesterday. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I was mentioning all those different programs, and, uh, you know, he coached, uh, obviously, uh, obviously Lefty was his coach when he played at, uh, at Davidson, but then when he was on at, at uh, the University of Virginia, that was the Ralph Sampson era. I mean, these were titanic, and I know that, that Virginia won the national title a few years ago, but back in the early 80s, uh, you're talking about just the, the, I mean, Ralph Sampson was a transcendent player, and, and Terry Holland was his coach, and Terry Holland uh, just permeated so many of these programs. Programs. 418 and 216, his overall head coaching record. We got the word that he passed away at the age of 80 after a short battle with Alzheimer's. But uh, I wanted to make mention of that today because uh, people who uh, grew up on the ACC, and, 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 and you're exactly right. I mean, the ACC is, is a power conference today, but when you talk about those days back when uh, I talk about Tobacco Road a lot, but I, I, it's more of a, it's, it's less Tobacco Road, but more what was the core original teams in the ACC. Mm-hmm. And Virginia was, was so uh, important in that in those early years. And obviously, uh, uh, Tony Bennett has has taken them into modern times and done great things there as well. But um, I didn't want the show to go by without us uh, spending a little bit of time. And like you said, you worked with him mm-hmm. uh, when you were at Davidson. And obviously, I was or when you were doing games for Davidson. And obviously, I uh, was a student there when he was in his AD portion. So uh, if you go up there and, and, and look at the Davidson Hall of Fame, and they have that up at the Baker Sports Complex. And like I mentioned, my, my father-in-law uh, played there and has been back there many times for alumni events for those teams. Uh, Terry Holland is highly respected and just a, a legendary name that uh, can't believe uh, we're saying that uh, he has passed away, but unfortunately he has. Yeah, touched so many universities, everything from, like I said, Final Fours coaching to playing to being athletic director. And, again, when I was there, obviously Bob McKillop was early in his coaching career there then, but, you know, the, the rise of Bob McKillop as coach, who, of course, 30 years there. And, uh, and Terry is the athletic director back at that time. And I always thought McKillop, I mean, he uh, blazed such a trail and has such a legacy there. But McKillop obviously intertwined with Terry Holland. And I thought uh, their stature and their, the way that they went about business was, was very much uh, uh, the same. So uh, just huge names there at Davidson. And this also, you know, coming off, coming off of last year when Steph Curry, you know, had his, uh, his jersey retired and he graduated. And uh, just part of the rich program up there. So uh, a lot of people in the Virginia community and the uh, Davidson community and also East Carolina where he was athletic director from 2004 to 2013. Uh, and up until just now, was a, you know, he was an emeritus AD there, so very much intertwined in the, uh, the pirate community up there as well. So rest in peace to Terry Holland. Hey, golfers, join Narrow Way Productions for Narrow Way on the Fairway, March 20th. This charity tournament will be a scramble at the private Firethorn Country Club. Register your team today at narrowwaygolf.com. That's narrowwaygolf.com. Corporate sponsorships still available as well. Narrowwaygolf.com. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman. We got Mick Mulvaney waiting in the wings. Big Monday edition. Lots to talk about coming up next hour. But before we get to that, there we go. <laughs> I guess what we do is just drive around this circle here. Should be the second left exit. There's the hotel. Hey, look, kids. There's Big Ben and there's Parliament. Mm-hmm. This May- movie was actually on over the weekend, and I watched it and thought of you, actually. There it is, there it is, 
The, the hills are alive with the sound of Griswold. Griswold. Yeah. It's an absurd movie when you really sit back and watch it as an adult. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. May 6th is the, uh, the big coronation of King Charles. If you uh, don't have it marked on your calendar, this is, uh, and, and I guess what's getting headlines is who is saying they won't be there for this. Right, and this is actually, I've said actually a lot in this segment already, this is a really big deal because if you think about any of the big um, royal events that have happened over the last couple of decades, from the the, the Queen's Jubilee to even um, you know Princess, Di- Princess Diana's funeral, the weddings that have happened, um, William and Kate's weddings, these have all been huge star-studded events. I mean, celebrities from the United States and celebrities from the United Kingdom all attending and, and, and performing in some cases. And with King Charles's coronation, so far, Elton John has turned down the royal family, will not attend or perform the Spice Girls, and even Harry Styles is saying no. Apparently they asked Adele... And she said, not not attending. I'm not coming by. This isn't a big thing for me. Uh, and Ed Sheeran, another one who said, no, this isn't for me. And the one you started with, Elton John, of course, uh, did perform at, uh, at at Diana's funeral. Yes. I mean, even released that song, that uh, new version of his... Goodbye, English Rose. Yeah, the, the old Norma Jean song. And and so he is the first person out of the gate that says he won't do it. Um, and, and, and this starts, I mean, this is the concert. This is the Windsor Castle concert on May 6th. When I say it starts on May 6th, I mean, there are going to be things that span over more than one day. I mean, this is going to be probably the biggest thing they've seen over there uh, that any of the any any of them can remember in their lifetime on the you know as far as the scope of this. Well, this is a huge deal. I mean, think about the the coronation of Queen Elizabeth before you and I were born, decades before you and I were born, when television was still in black and white was the last time that we saw the coronation of royalty in the United Kingdom and it was a a big deal because they did televise it. It was the first time mm-hmm. that the public was allowed, quote unquote, behind the curtain to see what really went on in these cases. And we are going to get to see it now in our lifetime. But apparently people aren't thrilled with the fact uh, these celebrities, at least, aren't thrilled with the fact that it's King Charles or maybe they just think they're too big for a coronation. I, I but if you look, if we've learned anything, if you look at what happened last year when the Queen passed away and you saw the coverage and you saw the amount of people that were just uh, lining the streets just to get a look at the casket go by. Uh, and then there's also the the cat the, or the uh, the offshoot of this, which is uh, Harry and Meghan. And mm-hmm. Will, and they are apparently, quote unquote, definitely invited. So not 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 apparently anything. They're definitely invited. But the question here, I don't care about any of the star power. The intrigue and the interest in this is going to come down to uh, watching the royals and what kind of, of of body language they show, and in some cases say when they have speaking parts in all of this. But uh, you and I both know that all those people you mentioned, Elton John and Spice Girls and uh, Harry Styles, uh, you know, some of, some of them the, among the biggest stars on the planet right now. It still doesn't matter. People are going to watch this because they want to see what the royal family does and how they interact during these official moments. Right. That that'll be the actual uh, entertainment value is watching how Harry and William interact and how they get along. Well, here are some of the people that will perform who will perform at the May 6th concert. <laughs> I don't know if people are excited about this or not. Kylie Minogue <laughs> with her husband, maybe Danny Minogue. Andrew Lloyd Webber is uh, scheduled to perform, as is Lionel Richie. That sounds like uh, performers on a, an episode of American Idol. 
I mean, right? that, I mean, that sounds like a bunch of, okay, uh, they were available, so we decided to sign them up. So these, these folks said yes. They said yes. But all of the, the big names and the big British names, those are the ones that are surprising to me. Because, and I'm guessing that Elton John, this is just in my mind, I have nothing to, and he hasn't released a statement saying this, but my guess is because he was so close to Princess Diana and is was very present at her funeral that maybe it's over what his relationship the, the king's relationship was like when he was married to Princess Diana. Well, and just so you know, uh, none of these, I mean, Elton John and Harry Styles, both in the category of uh, we're tied up with uh, our own tours and we have scheduling issues. It, it, was, it has not been a, oh, no, flat out, we just don't want to come. Whether or not that's the root of it, you know, they'll never say. That's but, convenient, right? I mean, yeah, like, but, oh, But officially they say they're not coming. But again, I mean, if you look at all the attention that the Netflix series got for Harry and Meghan, as much as, as you and me talked about, the royal family. When what percentage of talking about the royal family on a on a normal week do we give? Right. About about this much. Right. One, one segment at the end of the eight o'clock hour. Uh, but this is going to ramp up, and people are going to be talking about it. But I I I'll double down and say that it, all these names that say they're not coming, it really doesn't matter. What happens is, what does the royal family do in front of the camera? Because people care about that stuff. And they'll want to know what Kate is going to wear. Exactly. All right, we have a lot to talk about coming up in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. We have this new Fox News poll that was released today that we were going over early earlier about not only uh, where the uh, current candidates stack up in the presidential race, but what would happen if you took Donald Trump's name out of that race. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into those numbers last hour, but we have a breakdown of Donald Trump in the race, which technically only he and Nikki Haley are. But you have a list that goes all the way down about 15 strong of names that we think are going to enter the race, like Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. and like Mike Pompeo and like Mike Pence. But we can break down all of these numbers. We also have uh, a lot of other political headlines. And, of course, Friday was the one-year anniversary of uh, the Russian-Ukraine crisis beginning. And uh, we have some things to catch up with Nick Mulvaney on. So uh, he is here. He's looking across at us. We're ready to go. Friday, final hour on WBT. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Kicks in, and we're off and rolling. Nick Mulvaney, former White House Chief of Staff, South Carolina Congressman, White House Budget Director, Special Envoy to Northern Ireland. All-around good guy. All-around good guy. <laughs> Boy, we have every time you, you come in, I, I say, oh, we, we've got to get right to it. We've got so much to talk about. You're always in such a hurry. You should well, enjoy this theater of the mind that you create every Monday morning. But I want to get to as many things as we can. There we go. So, uh, you know, uh, not to mention the fact that uh, or to mention the fact that Friday and Saturday night uh, you were at a uh, an event in Florida that we should probably start with because people are talking about the the GOP presidential race, even though we're this far out. I mean, August is the first debate. So, uh, you know, this is uh, we we, we sort of joke like, ha ha, it's really early in the process. Actually, no, it's not. It it is and it isn't. August is still really, really a long time out. August is, what, six months? I remember when um, I worked with Rick Perry in 2012, I guess. He was sort of late to the race, and he didn't announce until late August. 
most of the other folks were already in the race. And one of the reasons he got in was that no one was really catching fire. And he was getting that attention. We could talk about this with Ron, getting the attention. Will he run? Won't he run? He was the biggest name not yet in the race. So he got all this free media about, you know, whether or not he would commit to running for president. Um, but and that was a little bit late. It's not really that's you could still do it in August or September, which is not, you know, that's still six or seven months off. Well, there's the I mean, they've just said that they are going to have the our, the Republican debate in um, Wisconsin in August. Would everybody have to say I am running by August? If I mean, of course, if they want to participate. But is it a bad move not to be part of something like that? No, I mean, at that point, my guess is everybody who's in will be in by August. But if there's a big name that's not in in August, that doesn't mean they're out of it, if that makes any sense. You're probably going to see everybody at the dais. But there's also some value to say you're a Ron DeSantis. We'll just pick him out. I'm not saying I have any inside information on what he's going to do or not going to do. But if you're Ron DeSantis, you might get as much attention by not showing up as you do by showing up, especially, you know, if you're on a stage with 24 other people. Um, or they have the kiddie table like they had back in 2016 before they had the adult table. You know, you never know how yeah. these things are going are gonna to shape up. So, yeah, you're right. It's free media. Um, you want Generally, you want to do that. You want to be on the stage. You want people to see you. Um, but if you're getting all of the free media, you can take someplace else. If you're on Fox News every single night, for example, in August, um, could be hurricane season in Florida. And, you know, maybe you stay home in Florida and you get your, you get your FaceTime on TV that way. So you never know. Uh, I think... Generally speaking, you would expect people to be in by August, but if there's a big name not in by August, that doesn't mean that person is out. So you were at an event in Florida. Tell us about this event. I was. I went down uh, to see Ron um, and Casey, uh, and his wife is absolutely fabulous. Um, and uh, they did uh, the type of thing that governors do, sitting politicians do. They had sort of a, a donor get-together to talk about policies, to talk about what their plans are on a policy standpoint, not on politics. Didn't even The word president never came out of his mouth the whole time. He talked about you know, how they won the election, sort of a debrief of what had gone right in the first four years of the DeSantis administration and a, a sort of a, an introduction to the, what they wanted to do in the next four years of the uh, of the DeSantis administration. So it was very much a gubernatorial thing. But you could not help but sit there. And I know everybody else was sitting there, you know, thinking the same thing in the back of their heads is this guy looks really presidential. And she was fabulous. Casey was great. She did an hour on the programs that she's been doing um, in outreach to uh, to under, under underprivileged parts of the community, stuff she's doing in the Hispanic community, her Million Mamas effort that she put forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fabulous. I mean, they made a very compelling couple uh, as the first, you know, the, the governor and the first lady of Florida. And it, you cannot help but watch that and go, oh, you know what? He'd be a good president and she'd be a great first lady. So it's sort of a it's a campaign thing without being a campaign thing. It's it's not at all unusual. Well, and they seem to like each other, which is incredibly helpful. It does. And, and that comes across. So, in fact, uh, I had to laugh because I was talking to Casey. Of course, everybody rushes to Ron afterwards because they want to get FaceTime with the governor. And I, I'm sitting there talking to Casey and she was just excited because it was date night. They have three kids <laughs> under the age of six. And it was like the only time they've been out after nine o'clock at night without, you know, a babysitter or something like that. You get so to have was, adult conversations. Yeah, yeah no, she, they were, they were, you know, we were, it was at a fancy hotel in, in Palm Beach. They had, a, they had a date weekend. It was lovely. Three kids under the age of six. Yeah. So uh, just imagine he gets to the White House. Can you imagine that scene? If he, if he were to be elected to have three kids under the age of six, it was a great story. He, they, um, their youngest is the first child born in the governor's mansion, or while somebody's in the government's governor's mansion in Florida for like sixty years. It'll be a uh, reminiscent of JFK. Right. Having the young uh, John Kennedy Jr. underneath the, the presidential desk and having small children in the in the White House. Again, they made a very compelling case for without campaigning, 
they made it. It was a very compelling campaign style event. If that makes any sense. Which is the mode he's in right now. I mean, yeah. uh, he was on Fox last night and he did a one-on-one with Mark Levin, and they talked for about 20 minutes. Now you would think if somebody sat down right now with Ron DeSantis for 20 uninterrupted minutes one-on-one, then somewhere in there there'd be a question about are you going to run for president? But it, it was not in there. Now, he has a book, Ron DeSantis does, called The Courage to Be Free, which he is releasing tomorrow. So he's going to be on a book tour. But he's doing this thing right now where he's in this mode where he knows the question everybody wants to ask him, but uh, he's doing his best to, yeah. to, to talk about everything but that. And, you know, every politician puts out a book where they're running, and I, I get all that. That's why Nikki Haley's done a couple of times. Tim Scott's done it. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of folks Christy do Holm it. Christy did it. Did she? So, mm-hmm. But I actually, I asked, Pence. I asked Ron, I said, listen, I got to ask you a question. He says, what's that? I said, how much did you actually write? And without missing a beat, he said, I wrote it all. He said, they edited it because I actually, I would sit down at night. And I wrote from about 11 o'clock at night to 1 o'clock in the morning after, you know, Casey went to bed. And I, I knocked it out in about six months. So I'm actually, you know, I know Ron and I don't read political books. I'm curious about the book because I want to see how he writes. And so I'm, and I'm looking forward to actually reading that one, which I never say about politicians. Books. And that same question came up when he was talking to... Uh to Levin about writing the book. And Did it really? A, he made a point to say, yeah. I actually write these because people may not realize that most of the time, people, you know, the people don't. There's right, a ghost writer. Ghost writers. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk in the next segment about whether or not he, you know, if he does run, when does he have to do it or is he better off waiting? But this is sort of an example of why you're just better off waiting sometimes. If you're going to be on Fox News anyway and 80 percent of Republican primary voters are watching Fox News, what benefit do you have by going and announcing right now? If you get that type of exposure... You know, Nikki Haley wants it because Nikki Haley doesn't have a way to get on Fox News because she's not a sitting governor, right? She can get on there every now and then, maybe on a topic of Ukraine or something overseas that ties to her time at the U.N. or something like that. But Ron DeSantis and a small handful of others have got this ready-made avenue to speak to the Republican primary voters almost every night without announcing anything. So why change that? Well, to your point earlier, and Beth's as well, this is is where you get to— what tier of a candidate are you? Right. Because if you're like a, and I don't know exactly where Tim Scott would fall, but if you're somebody who can't get on Fox News anytime they want to and is not a household name, it behooves you to get in the conveyor belt now because you want to get on that first table, not the kids' table. Because if you if you're a lesser known candidate and you're not at the kid, you're not at the main table, then you're behind the eight ball already with that with that August debate, right? And we'll talk about Asa Hutchinson and candidates like that in the next segment. News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth here on a Monday. Mick Mulvaney in the house as well. We're talking about Ron DeSantis. You were at an event with Ron DeSantis or for Ron DeSantis on Friday and Saturday in, yeah. in FLA. Yeah, it was uh, in, in Palm Beach. Good event. Very well attended. Was, uh, was impressed with a group of folks that were there. A couple of elected officials. Uh, a, more than a couple of very high-profile Trump donors. Um, And, of course, Ron is the governor of Florida. So just because you're at a Ron DeSantis event doesn't mean you're, you know, not for Trump. You could be for Trump for president and for Ron DeSantis for governor. But um, it was noteworthy. I thought they had some some big name Republican donors to Trump show up at the DeSantis thing. And they weren't shy. They would ask questions. They talked to people. It's not like they were sort of hiding in the back. So um, they it's been reported now that these folks were there. And it's uh, again, it's a weird situation because he's a sitting governor of, Mm -hmm. of the state where he was in. And uh, it's a completely appropriate event to to do when you're the governor, regardless of whether or not you're running for president. Well, in last segment, we were talking about him not announcing yet that he's running for president. Isn't there something for the voters, the people in Florida who and these some of these political donors who supported him as he ran for governor of Florida? 
to not just get elected in November and then suddenly start running for president? And and because doesn't that make you seem like you're avoiding the job that you just were hired by the people to do? Eh, I think if it's your first term, the answer to that is probably yes. Um, like, I, if you're, I, like if you're Glenn Youngkin? Yeah, uh, who I think I'm meeting with this afternoon, as a matter of fact. Um, so that would be an interesting conversation. But um, on on Ron, you know, he's done a really good job. It's 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 out in the ether, right? Is he going to mm-hmm. run for president? So it's it's you're not going to it's it's not going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. Be governor. It's 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 just there, right? And look at the polling out of Florida. I mean, there's been polls in Florida in a hypothetical race between DeSantis and Trump, and DeSantis is beating Trump in Florida. Um, I just think if you've got to, if you're if you're a, a, a Republican. In a state, and you really like your governor, and more importantly, you think your governor is really good at the job. Why wouldn't you want that person to be president? We, we used to do this all the time. We used to pick governors mm-hmm. uh, from big, important states to to lead the country. It was sort of the way we did. Never pick senators. You know, we pick, took a couple of celebrities, but not very many. It was ordinarily governors, um, and so it doesn't surprise me that the folks who just elected DeSantis to governor are also saying, yeah, we think he's done such a good job. That's why we voted for him in 2022. That's why we'll vote for him for president if, if he wants to run in 2024. So DeSantis is on a book tour now of sorts. Uh, DeSantis is answering every question but the money question that everybody wants to hear. Are you or are you not running for president? Or at least he's not giving you a definitive answer to that question that gets thrown at him all the time. But, uh, for example, he was on Fox last night with Mark Levin. And here's an example of one of the questions uh, that that he was answering. This uh, was about uh, you went to Harvard uh, and you came out a conservative anyway. (laughs) Well, I talk in the book about, so I grew up in a town called Dunedin, Florida, which is in the Tampa, St. Petersburg area. My parents, my my father's from western Pennsylvania, my mother's from northeastern Ohio. So that is like steel country, that is like blue collar, salt of the earth. And as you know, Mark, Florida is very eclectic. People kind of come from all over. We do have a culture. uh, And so I grew up in that culture. But really, it was kind of those Rust Belt values that, 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 that raised me. I get to Yale, I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't even know colleges were liberal. I mean, I was like 18 years old. I show up my first day, and in Florida, we would wear things like jean shorts, flip-flops, and a T-shirt. So I show up my first day wearing that, and you've got kids from Andover and Groton, and I was a fish out of water, uh, and it was a major, major culture shock. I wasn't like a refined conservative in terms of politics, because I was mostly into sports and things like that. But you start sitting in some of these classrooms, and even though one of Yale's mottos is for God, for country, for Yale, sit in the classroom attacking religion, attacking God, attacking the United States. I'm sitting in class, and they're saying that the U.S. was to blame for the Cold War, not not Joseph Stalin. So this is the—and I had never experienced that, because growing up in Dunedin, I didn't know if people were Republican or Democrat. You know, you had both of them, but but everyone kind of believed in the core American principles. And so that was my exposure uh, to the left. And I think what it did for me was it was so different from what I thought was appropriate that I wasn't influenced by it in terms of it pulling me in that direction. I rebelled the other way. So by the time I got through college and law school, um, you know, I was definitely set. Uh, Although when I was running for Congress, I kind of tell the story in the book, I was green. I had never run before. You know, I had kind of an impressive resume. I had served in Iraq and done things. So there were things that conservative primary voters would like. But, you know, you see Yale and Harvard 
that is like people say you know, liberal elitist stuff. And so the question was, how do I prove that I am actually mean what I say? And I was like, listen, how many people that you know go up to Washington, they say they're going to do these things, and then the swamp co-ops them, and they end up not falling principle? Well, listen, look at me. I got through Yale and Harvard and came out more conservative than when I went in. The swamp's going to have nothing on that, and they appreciated that. So my point is, is that he's doing these interviews which sort of give you uh, more color and more background mm -hmm. as to the, the, the profile he's wanting to build out there. Yeah, that's a biographical background, not to the extent Ron needs it because he's such a high-profile person anyway, but you want to talk, let people know who you are so that yeah, people know Ron DeSantis. They know he's the governor of Florida. If you're watching the Mark Levin show, you know who Ron DeSantis is, mm -hmm. but you don't know that story. Yeah. So now you listen to that story and go, oh, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. Well, and he slid a little hint in there because he said the people go to Washington. Yeah. And well, but they... he's already done that. That's, you, can do, you can cut both ways because yeah. he went to Washington. Right. By the way, he got more conservative when he was in Washington, too. So, I mean, that, 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 that's interesting to, to see that. By the way, I can't help but thinking two things about that clip. Number one, he talked about sports. Uh, and that when I did talk to Ron at the event on, uh, on uh, this weekend, you know, we talked about politics for about 30 seconds and then talked golf for the next 10 because mm -hmm. that's just what he likes to do. Uh, and the other one was the part about going to, to Yale. And he's like 10 years younger than I am. I think Ron's in his mid-40s maybe. Um, and college wasn't that bad when I was there. When I went to Georgetown, it was a fairly conservative place. I was there. In fact, Ronald Reagan was still president when I was in college. So it was a fairly – my college, which is now disgustingly left-wing – was pretty centrist, center-right back then, and that's a difference in the generations. All right, here's the deal. Today we have Mulvaney music trivia, and it does not come from me and does not come from Mick. That leaves one person. We've got no chance. <laughs> None. I've been uh, twiddling my fingers over here, just waiting. And uh, our one music trivia fan is actually texting me he's scared to death. Yeah, he probably should be. Chuck Boozer probably does not know many show tunes. Although, who knows? You know, he's a, he's a multifaceted he kind of is. guy. He might know show tunes. When Beth sends me devil emojis the night before, <laughs> then, uh, you know, she's up to something. I don't, I don't believe Beth has the devil emojis. Well, they were they weren't not red. Sure. They were the purple smiley yeah. devil yeah, okay, emojis. Of course, smiley. Yeah. purple a, smiley devils. There you uh, go. They were created specifically for Beth Troutman. That's exactly right. We've been talking about getting to this poll, 2024 Republican nominee preference among Republican primary voters. We've been promising this, and now we're going to pay off. At least I think. Yes, we're going to pay. You, you've got the numbers <laughs> I right. Have them, okay. I have them up. This is a 2024 Republican nominee preference among Republican primary voters, as Bo just said. Donald Trump at 43 percent. And coming in second, not even really close, Ron DeSantis at 28 percent. Nikki Haley at 7. Mike Pence at 7. Greg Abbott at 2. And then Liz Cheney is, is added in that list at 2 percent. But I, when I saw these numbers come through, it made me think of our conversation last week where when we were talking about Nikki Haley throwing her hat in the ring and Donald Trump saying, giving his blessing basically in a phone call to her and admitting that he did. And you said that's strategic because the more people who are in that race, that dilutes those votes. He doesn't need a majority. He just needs his base to get out and vote. And that's exactly what these numbers are showing. Yeah, the critical number in that, in that list that you just read down was the first one, Trump at 43%. That's his number, right? What that means is that there's you know, what is it, 57 percent of folks who are willing to not vote for Donald Trump. Now, it happens that that 57, am I doing my math right? Yes, 57 percent is divided amongst the other six or eight or 20 people. But the 43 number is his number. And if I run against you and I get 43 percent, I lose every single time. But if I run against everybody in the studio, I win. And since our primary system is basically winner take all, that's why I say that Donald Trump is the, the likely Republican nominee. Because 
there's no way for the Republicans to clear the field. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I do TV overseas, right? And the, the Australians and the Brits are just stunned by this because their parties are a lot more active and proactive in picking their candidates than we are. And they're just stunned that there's no way to sort of either prevent Trump from running. That's the first question they ask. And then is, it, well, is there no way to sort of do a unified opposition to Trump? I'm like, no, anybody who wants to run can run. They're, they're just flabbergasted by that. As long as you get those five or six people in the race, Donald Trump is going to win. Uh, John Sununu, I think it's John Sununu. I know it's a Sununu. I can't remember if that's his first name or not. The governor of New Hampshire was on Fox last week. And they asked him, he said, look, if you get in the race, are you not just helping Donald Trump? He says, look, it's not the number of people who get in the race. I think it's Chris. Is it Chris Sununu? Yeah. yeah. John is his dad, right? Um, Chris yeah. is the one. Chris is actually listed in this okay. survey. So it's not, it's not how many people get in the race. It's how quickly the people who don't have a chance get out of the race. Mm. And there's a certain, there's a certain uh, truth to that, that if you get 2% in Iowa and New Hampshire, why are you sticking around? And that was the point he was trying to make. And, of course, they asked him, so if you do 2%, are you dropping out? And he said, well, I'm not running yet. Well, we asked, uh, we were talking to Winterbull about this same poll. And he said, uh, if Ron DeSantis declares, then that 28% shoots up a bit. I think so. I, I think the value of that poll is who's voting for Trump and who's willing to vote for somebody else. That's how I, that's how I look at it. Because this 7% that is voting for Nikki Haley is not voting for Nikki Haley instead of Donald Trump. They're voting for Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley instead of Ron DeSantis. And that goes back to the conversation we had last week about the value to Trump of mm-hmm. Nikki getting in the race. Right. There, was a, there had been a poll out previously that showed Trump losing to DeSantis head-to-head, but Trump beating DeSantis if Nikki Haley's in the race as, a, as, a, as another choice. Well, that was another part of the, the Fox News poll. They did another poll where they actually took Trump out of the the polling. And when that happened, DeSantis came in at 42 percent. The next was Mike Pence at 23 percent. Nikki Haley was still at the same number. She was around 6 percent. That makes sense. And Pence is the sitting vice pre- was the sitting vice president. So that, that makes sense. His name ID is higher. You know, politicians, we always think our name ID is higher than it is. Um, Ron DeSantis has been on TV, you know, a lot, a lot in the last three years. Okay, Mike Pence was the vice president of the United States for four years. Nikki Haley was the U.N. ambassador. We talked about the reasons, and you, Bo, you mentioned about the, sort of the top-level candidates and the second-level candidates, or, you know, one-and-a-half-level candidates. The reason that you'll see that those one-and-a-half and, and second-level candidates announced early is they need the attention. Mike Pence has a way to get on TV. He is a former president, vice president of the United States. Ron DeSantis is a sitting governor. Mm-hmm. Tim Scott, a sitting senator. So he can go on TV tonight if he wants to. They call up Fox and look, I want to talk about this. Then they'll take a sitting senator all day long. But the Nikki Haley's of the world really can't get on TV as easily as they can. The Aza Hutchinson's, who I don't know if his name was on the list or not, or the, the, the very last one, the, the Chris Sununu, right? They, they don't have a way to get on. They're not from a big state. They don't have that audience so that they don't have the same way to drive up their name ID, which is why they get in earlier rather than late. Well, and I know Donald Trump broke every rule to this, but in traditional politics, you have the people that are in the pipeline to be in the pipeline and know, know knowing that they're shot to actually get within striking distance maybe several cycles off. I mean, you think about Bob Dole, you think about uh, John McCain, you think about Mitt Romney. All of those candidates were candidates that had been in the circulation 
beforehand. And so there's a there's a, a degree of these uh, names on this list that I think would even tell you, I got no shot this time. But you've got to get in that that conveyor belt of 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 reps, so to speak, so that when uh, the cycle comes four years, eight years, then you're higher on the list. Right. Take Pete Buttigieg, for yeah. example. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, is a mayor of what? South Bend, Indiana, town of, I don't know, 50,000 people, it's, you know, size of Rock Hill. And he's running for president. But now he's in the cabinet, right? Because what I think he won Iowa or did really well in Iowa early on. Um, there's a there's a person with with no career in politics, or at least no appreciable sort of visible path to higher office, coming from as a small town uh, mayor. You run for president, you know, you roll the dice, you, you hit your number a couple times, and all of a sudden now you're secretary of transportation, and he's talking about running for senate in Michigan. Um, he's talking about running for president if, if Biden doesn't run. So yeah, there's 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 that ulterior motive is I don't have a chance to win, but I might be able to turn this into something. A Huckabee, for example, turned it into right. a television career that's worth a lot of money. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of reasons for people who know they don't have a chance to win to run. Yeah, and uh, th- there are any number of people we could mention uh, that break the, the, I mean, Trump's one name, but Obama broke the mold too. Yeah, but Trump, I, I still think Trump didn't think he was going to win. Trump was there to promote Trump television. He wanted to go into competition with Fox because he knew there was this huge market out there for another conservative outlet. I think he was doing it at the very beginning as a branding thing and sort of won by accident. We could talk about this when we come back too. Does he want to be president this second time around or is this more about I just want to, to go out a winner? That is a great question. Do we want to go down the road of music trivia when <laughs> Beth Troutman chooses no, a song? No, no, We need to figure out a way to run out the clock in the, in the last segment. Bob. Right, we've run it out on this segment, that's for sure. WBT. Oh, sir. I saw it. Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them, sir. Don't worry. <laughs> now, that's an example of a a bad run by fruiting. I got the greatest. It's kind of a drive-by fruiting, if yes, you will. This is a good drive-by fruiting. Um, we always have Mick Mulvaney on Mondays, but... Every now and again, we get a special guest with Mick Mulvaney. We get his wife, Pam, in with us. And today she came in. Mick always brings in a cup of coffee from QT. And apparently a few weeks ago, actually it was probably a few months ago. It's more than a gas station. It is more than a gas station. I hear. Well, now I know for sure because I made a reference to shopping for Kiwi at QT. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what we were talking about. On BT. On BT. Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And Pam found Kiwi. At the QT and brought me, it's actually not only kiwi, it's kiwi, strawberries, and mango. Fresh from the QT. It was a drive-by fruiting. It was a drive-by fruiting. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. In the words of Krusty the Clown, what the hell was that? What did you just play? (laughs) That was Mrs. Doubtfire. You've never seen that? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I saw that in 1984. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why you have me. In fact, I haven't haven't thought about it since 1984. Uh, Well, that's why you have me. This and is I'm, what you do late at night, isn't it? It's, I think about things like this. But I'm, you know, they yeah. drive by fruiting. Okay. And he's talking to uh, uh, oh, James Bond, Sterling and Sterling guy. What's the actor's name? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Thank you. I have a COVID hole in my brain where information goes to die. No, no, you're just getting to the point where it happens when we get older. Where names just don't yeah, exist anymore. You can't anymore. do names anymore. I'm glad oh, you guys both sir. have BT in your name because that's the only way I remember either of your names. Some angry <laughs> member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them, sir. Don't worry. A run by fruiting.
Oh, and Pierce Brosnan was so lovely in that movie. I'm trying to cancel that movie. We yeah. try, we're trying to run out the clock so we don't have to do this music. I know you guys it, right? are. Today's Beth Troutman music I, I'm not day. canceling that movie. People are trying to cancel that movie. Uh, but I, I, I are they the, really? Why? Uh, because you know, she's it's a it's a, a, a man dressed, dressed up as like a woman. woman. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. Are we ready? Are we going to do this? I think we're ready, guys. Uh, you told you asked me last week if I would bring in music trivia, and I did. We I weren't s- really serious about that. Then. I know, but I do it anyway. All right. I give people what they want. Uh. <laughs> is this the first one? This is number one. I have no idea. Like, I can't phone a, thr- a friend. I'm phoning a friend. The hills are alive with the sound of something. <laughs> Griswold. You might think beauty comes in spring and sparrow. <sighs> She's not going to get it either. I can tell by the look on her face. <laughs> All right. How many are there? Ben? There are five. There are five. There are five. <laughs> so let's, let's go to number that's two. That's number one. What, what was it, number one? That is the theme song from Kinky Boots. It's oh. called Price and Sons. Of course it is. Oh, Kinky Boots. We're supposed to go see that next time we're in Florida. Kinky yeah. Boots. It's a hit. Oh, this is Circle of Life from The Lion King. Yes. Okay. Well done, Bo You Thompson. got one. I got one. Wow. That's All it. right. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, John Moore. This might be one of my favorite songs. For the girl that I knew Who'll be reckless Just in love Who'll get hurt But who learns how to toughen up When she's bruised It's I'm gonna, called I'm going to guess 50 Cent. <laughs> You mean Fitty, right? Is it Fitty Sand? Is that it? This is one of my favorite songs, Broadway or not Broadway. It's called She Used to Be Mine. It's from the Broadway musical Waitress. Of course it is. That was my second guess after Fitty Sand. Oh, Pam's back there. I love Waitress. <laughs> you know, you and I could just leave, Bo, and let the ladies take this one. <laughs> All right, John Moore, number four. All right, here we go. Still impressed, Bo. Go. Don't anybody look at me. It's not Oasis. It's not. uh, You do realize the only reason I got mine right is because it's from a Disney cartoon they made into a play. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. This is called Rise Above. It is from Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. That's why I've heard this one. This was a Marvel. Yes, I've heard this one before. And one more to go. John Moore likes it, but I'm not sure he's completely sober. I don't know the song. This is Here Lies Love from the Broadway musical about to open, Here Lies Love. It's been off Broadway, but about to... uh, about to open. So I think I'm... Uh, so I'm, is there a theme to this? Or there is, just... is a theme. Yes, oh, Bo and man. Mick don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> you knew one of them. That's where I thought we were going because doing movies. Because I, I think like, Kinky Boots was being made into a movie and the like other one was... I got percent. What? Oh. She, he's, phoning oh. A, he's phoning a friend. Oh, yeah. right, here we go. Pam's giving a, a hint. I feel like Regis over here. <laughs> they started as movies and went to Broadway. No, but that's actually a great guess. Um, I was trying to stick with the music trivia style theme all of these broadway musicals were written by pop stars 
Kinky Boots, written by Cindy Lauper. Wow. Circle of Life was Elton, Elton John. John. Waitress Sarah Bareilles. The music was composed by um, by her. Is she, she a real person? Or are you just making that no, up? No, Sarah Bareilles. Yes, she's huge. She's got um, those lights uh, named after her. Spider-Man. The, the Aurora Borealis. Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark, written by Bono and The Edge. And then Here Lies Love, David Byrne and Fatboy Slim. So usually, <laughs> uh, usually at the end of segments like this, I, I, I play this. But today, today I'm going to play this. <laughs> oh, come on. That was good. No, good for you, but bad for us. Oh, okay. By the way, I know who Fatboy Slim is. Do you? I do. Do you know who that is? Do I know who it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm just saying you're a little bit younger than I am. And I he wrote a Broadway was. musical, guys. Good for him. Wow. Yeah, you want to leave a little fat boy slim? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bet Chuck Boozer will know that one. <laughs> Y'all have a good Monday. Back next week. Thanks to Mick Mulvaney. Mick, uh, Vince Coakley is next.